And we played that just as a, a quicker apology to those on warfradio.com. We had you there for a few seconds and we moved a few headphone cables and our cables were very touchy and they said, oh, let's kill the audio right at the opportune moment. Hello, Peter Holden, Brent Sturberg you've just heard from and we say a very good afternoon to Toby Hansen. Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's, uh, it's a bit of a weird day, isn't it? Guys, it's uh, the northern end of the ground's cloudy and dark, and then you look towards the southeast and the the eastern quarterly of the ground, and it's blue sky. So uh, it's a weird old day, but I think we're in for a great day, and I, hopefully this will be much of the day. Even though we've seen two great day, great games of footy uh, before us, uh, got a bit to live up to. This yeah. one, yeah. we were yes. watching the uh, the demons and uh, Casey earlier on. A- but we're, yeah, we're finally here for the for the last round of the season. It's great to be here. We'll, we'll go through in a moment's time those scores from uh, other games, which will just blow your mind at the moment. And uh, They'll blow your mind, but in a strange way, everything still remains the same. <laughs> we'll, ex- we'll explain that in a moment. But, gentlemen, we are here for Collingwood and Geelong. Bounce down at 2 p.m. Andrew Bruce will be coming up at 1.25. We hope to have Chloe McMillan as well. But the situation is as this. For Collingwood... If they win today, they get six spots. Six spot is locked up. It is theirs. The top six is set. If Collingwood lose today, it gives North Melbourne the opportunity, and I want to use that word opportunity, to get into the finals. They play the Southern Saints tomorrow, which is also our match of the day. Now, Brendan Rhodes, good friend of yours, uh, Brent Sternberg, has pointed out online, he, he reckons the gap is roughly 88 points. So, in a way, North Melbourne's probably best-case scenario is they saw Geelong comfortably beat Collingwood last time. They are hoping for a repeat that Geelong could do a eight- or nine-goal demolition on Collingwood, which would then mean North come to a reasonable four- or five-goal margin. Yeah, so if... When these teams played earlier this year back in Geelong, which interestingly, that was back in round eight. That was the Cats' most recent game in Geelong. They're looking Mm. to win today to hope that they can host a final in two weeks' time back home in Geelong. They haven't been there for six weeks. In that game in round eight, the Cats won by 35 points. So this is just a bit of a reference. If they win by the exact same score today, Collingwood's percentage would drop 7.2%. So it is 93.4. That's what it is right now, 93.4. It would drop to 87.2. North Melbourne, who are on 76.7, they would have to gain 10.5% on Collingwood. So that roughly equates to about a fifty, uh, about a nine-goal win, keeping in mind North Melbourne have not kicked nine goals in a game this season. So they really do need help starting today with a big Geelong win over Collingwood. And we should point out, should the, uh, should the Geelong win be close, which would make it reasonably not a chance for North to get in, or Collingwood win today, uh, we do have some implications in that final game. Should, particularly, should Geelong lose to Collingwood here? That opens the door for the Saints tomorrow, as much as North would be out of the finals. If the Saints win, they're already in the finals, but they would secure a home final. Toby, we already know that... In the finals, fourth and fifth is going to be Geelong and the Southern Saints. Just a question of who gets to host. And when you've got to travel one side of the bay to the other, that's a significant home ground advantage. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's uh, you, Would it be the two teams most furthest away 
in the VFL dub. I can't think everyone else is ra- largely Prob- in a city. Probably Casey. If, if, if they had uh, to, like, yeah, they, yeah. they won't come up against Casey. But yeah, that would be you know one heck of a drive. Pati- particularly if they're, uh, I think we're we're alluding to pre pre coming onto air that the Saints uh, at Trevor Barker Oval, depending who Sandringham play that weekend, maybe maybe their game gets shipped to Moorabbin, and particularly the Cats, they might. Probably, do we think they'd go GMHBA oh, over Warren Ponds for a final? Yes. So it's they haven't played on GMHBA. So how much of an advantage One is game. there? One game they played Collingwood there. Ah, uh, they did. So that's um. So I get. Yeah, I guess it's a tough one, but absolutely must win for the Cats because I think in Geelong it's almost almost a write-off as a win because uh, the Cats are so strong down there. I'm just going to add quickly. So basically, what we have is whoever loses here today at Olympic Park will be watching tomorrow nervously. Exactly. And whoever finishes sixth, now they know who will play third. And let's give you a hint to that because some results have occurred this morning. I know we're busily watching the Casey yeah. Essendon game online thanks to Paul Sebastiani and Katie Lambeski that were calling on afl.com.au. But the game that kicked the jaw off the grass first was Hawthorne and Weemstown. And we all thought right, this should be standard affair for Hawks coming into the finals give a walloping to Williamstown, coming with some good form. Not quite the case. No, a good effort by uh, by Williamstown. I, uh, If I can be honest, I was driving down the Monash this morning, making my way here, thinking about that game, and I sort of thought, well, as most people probably would have, Hawthorne by how much, finishing the season strongly. Don't really have a whole lot to play for. I guess if they had have won an Essendon loss, they could have gone to the, the top of the table. But they had all sorts of trouble with Williamstown. They were behind at quarter time. They end up uh, running out winners by 14 points. And uh, that uh, must have been the game high margin because the few times I looked at that score, it was very, very close. It was Hawthorne in the end, 5-7-37 over Williamstown, 3-5-23. So Williamstown, a bit of a battler this season, Toby, but they... They don't win, obviously, but they take a little bit of momentum, I suppose, into next season with a good performance like that, taking it up to the Hawks. Yeah, well, they took it up to the Hawks today. I thought they've been relatively noble all year. We were right at the start of the season, if my memory serves me correct, we were Victoria Park against the Pies, where they were pretty good there. So um, maybe they've been a little bit unfair with only the, the two wins this season, but um, they look like a team that's building. Hopefully they, the team stays relatively at a similar level and they can, and they can build on that side that's into the 23 season. Just quickly, some of the numbers from that game. Ruby Tripodi was uh, the number one ball getter for Williamstown with 23. Ella Baxter was 16. She's had a very good finish to the season. Ellie Cleland and Sharni Whiting with that 14 apiece. Emma Humphreys, who's had a fantastic season for Hawthorne with 18 disposals. Ainsley Kent with 18 as well, as was Jordan Mifsud. Uh, Jess Trend with 17. And the next player on the list for the Hawks... A young lady by the name of Meg Hutchins. With Came the, out of retirement. Yeah, 15 disposals. Didn't quite have her kicking boots on today, 0-3. So Meg will be, just, be looking to fine-tune that a little bit as we head towards the finals. We yeah. wait and see if she gets picked for the finals for the Hawks. But, uh, yeah, really good, a really good win. The goal kickers, Christy Stratton with two for the Hawks and then singles to Mietta Kendall, Grace McRae and uh, Wilson as well. Williamstown, Danuccio, McCarthy and Strafford. So a 14-point win for the Hawks. And that means Hawthorne will lock down second spot on the ladder and they will be playing away in the qualifying final because we have a result from Casey versus Essendon at Windy Hill. That was the afl.com.au stream game of the week. 
and it turned out to be a nail-biter. Yeah, so remember these two teams were one and two pretty much all throughout the first half of the season before Casey then went to Box Hill and got beaten by uh, Hawthorne. Casey played really well out there at Windy Hill, but in the end they go down by one straight kick. It was Hawthorne 4-3-27, knocking off the Demons 2-9-21. So the Bombers have had some close-run affairs, haven't they? We know mm. that they almost come to a, a walking pace in that game against Hawthorne when they led by 20 points and the Hawks come back and drew. Took a long time to get over the Saints last week and then Casey uh, here run them to within a goal. Toby, what are your thoughts on the Bombers heading into the business end? Well, of course, we watched that last sort of two and a half, three minutes of that game and and we sort of felt, I don't know how much Pete would agree with this, but I sort of felt that, that Casey were coming and that they were mm. going to get a goal. They that last, they just sort of breezed past the Bombers and the Bombers just tried and tried and they, they just held on. If it wasn't for a stray kick that went out on the full, okay, we could be talking about another draw today. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, the Bombers, are, they're absolutely the, uh, the team to beat because they're the minor premiers. A little concern over the Bombers over the last month or so. You go, geez, are they running out of juice? Because they're the only team that, as far as I know, they're actually training three nights a week instead of two nights a week as they try to ramp up for their AFLW program. And if you look at their results against top four sides, a draw against Hawthorne, they've only beaten Casey by that goal. The Southern Saints have had a draw against and won by two goals after it was two points of difference late in that final quarter that we caught last week. You go, geez, you know... As much as they belted Geelong and Collingwood and other sides, you go, against the other top four teams, they haven't put them to the sword. And you got to go, and because just by luck, all these results are near the finals, you go, geez, it's not a good sign. And then when you watch games, their structure seems to be lost compared to what they had early on in the season during the warmer months when they, at the hangar, sprung, uh, spread wide run carry. Well, their their last month they've uh, they won last week by ten points against the Saints, and they drew uh, in the Hawks, and then they've absolutely belted uh, the Bulldogs in Darabin before yeah. that. So that win obviously will fill them in with a bit of confidence, but the their form hasn't been all that great. I think beating playing the Bulldogs is almost a walkover, respectfully. Mm, yeah. But and then Darabin are nowhere near the same level as the Bombers, so. They were at an interesting position, and today was definitely a, a game that they needed to win, and it was good on them for holding on, but how much confidence could they be going into the finals where they're only net plus 16 points in their last couple games? Well, you have a look at some of their uh, ball getters today uh, for the Bombers. Their leading disposal getter, Alana Barber, with 15. Mm. They're, they're normally a team, Eston, I think they're actually a number one this year in terms of averaging as a team disposals per game. Renee Tierney with 14 disposals and two goals. And then some of their big names, well down on their usual best. You've got Georgia Nan Scorn, who had 12 disposals. Without looking, that would have to be her lowest total of the season. I'm thinking, is that restricted? Is it A, restricted game time? Because we didn't get to watch the whole game because we were setting up here. Or B... Have people watched the Isabel Porter performance against Nanscorn a few weeks ago and gone, ooh, have we found the way to stop her? Well, that's the one thing that you really have to do, don't you, the Bombers? Yeah. Because they they win it out of the clearance, nine times out of ten by a Georgia Nanscorn and then they're away. Some of the other numbers as well, Amelia Radford, who we know has had a fantastic season, 12 disposals, and Jordan Zanketa, who was really good uh, last week against the Saints um, with just 11. The leading disposal getters for the Demons, Sammy Johnson, the captain with 26 little comers on mm. the ground by a long way. She kept 
kicked a couple of behinds. They've got Eliza West in the team as well as they head towards the finals. It'd be interesting to see if they keep her uh, in the team. We know that she, uh, I think she won their best and fairest last year at the VFLW level and then played quite a bit at AFLW level. She had 17 disposals. Uh, Steph Wales with 16 and Megan Fitzsimon with 15. So um, I guess the one, the one thing to remember here is just having a look at some of their ball getters, the Demons. They did have a few AFLW listed girls in that team. Wait and see what they do with the finals. But uh, good performance from the Ds. Not an easy place to play, Windy Hill. We talk about Geelong, tough to play. Casey Field's tough to play. We don't normally talk about Windy Hill, but that is a tricky place to play as well. I believe we actually also have a score from Carlton and the Bulldogs. A game, I, if I'm correct, kicked off at 1 o'clock. Yeah, so we're getting on in the first quarter there, and it's a good start for the Blues playing the Bulldogs. Uh, it's Carlton 2-3-15. The Bulldogs just the one behind. Uh, so three goals for the Blues, three goals for Steph Lawrence. Three first quarter goals for the Baggers, who lead by 20 points as we're heading into the final 90 seconds of the first term there. Now, what we know is this is what's set so far for the finals. We know definitely no games next weekend. It is the bye round for the 3rd and 4th of June. We'll be back on the long weekend. And that we know, first of all, Essendon and Hawthorne will play in the qualifying final. Dates and times all to be confirmed. But it'll be Essendon-Hawthorne at Windy Hill. The question will be on what day, essentially. I, I don't believe they'll play it out the hangar. I do believe it'll be at Windy Hill, that Essendon-Hawthorne qualifying final. Yep. So that's first, second locked away. Casey are locked in third. So at Casey Fields, there will be an elimination final. It's now just a question of whether Casey will play against Collingwood or North Melbourne to be signed, to decided over the next 24 hours. Keeping in mind, Collingwood beat them there only about yeah. three weeks ago. And then we know that fourth and fifth, are Geelong and the Southern Saints. But again, these two matches that we're calling this weekend will decide who has hosting rights. Right down to the wire, Toby. Yeah, absolutely. We've definitely picked them, the the two most exciting sort of games in that sense. Um, and yeah, we need, a, we need a big result for that game. So the game tomorrow... If we do see uh, a Collingwood win today, does that that becomes a dead rubber? Is that what we were talking again, about? So, so again, recapping: if Collingwood win today, six spots locked away. So that means yeah. definitely Casey Collingwood. But it's up then for the Saints if the Saints can beat North for the Saints to lock in the home final against yeah. Geelong. So that what everyone will be watching. Yeah, so it's a it's an exciting weekend of footy, and uh, teams have just come out for a bit of a warm up now. But yeah. I've, Looking forward to tomorrow's game. I won't be there, unfortunately, but I'll definitely be listening in on uh, Wolf Radio from the comfort of my lounge room. And on VFLW.tv VFL as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the stream hasn't joined up yet. My, so. my, myself, Brent Sternberg <laughs> and Elise Collette will be calling that one and we very rugged up for that early morning yeah. start out there at uh, at Sandringham on the scaffolding. In fact, it's actually it's meant to be 14 degrees here at Collingwood. I reckon it's a bit nippy. It almost feels like it's 10 degrees. Yeah. Should have brought the jacket. Yeah, that's no, I regret that. I was telling uh, Toby. Toby's uh, the wisest man yeah. of the three. He's got his jacket. He yeah. went to Marsland, that's why. Yeah, well, I do. <laughs> I do, yeah. Kick off the dew off the, the ground this morning. That, that sun, oh, that blue sky I was talking about this morning, uh, just before. Is, Disappearing. Is disappeared very quickly. And uh, the wind's still dead, but it's, it's a little bit icy coming off the river there. We might take this opportunity to take a break here on WARFradio.com. And at the ground on 89.1 FM, when we return, we'll be catching up with the coaches to find out their thoughts as we head into this final round of the BFLW season.
Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Jacob. We're two of the 50 million scouts around the world. We hike, camp, sail, canoe and climb. It's awesome. Outdoors is our playground and where we learn. From the age of five, we learn to care for ourselves and for others. And together, we develop new skills while we have fun. Scouts is less screen time and more reality. It's about making friends for life. Scouts prepares you for life's adventures. Check out your local scout group at joinscouts.com.au. One of them is where I shake my head to get my hair out of my eyes. There's another one where I sort of do like a little squeaking in my throat. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder that affects thousands of Australians. It is characterised by involuntary movements and vocal noises called tics. We can't help it and we're just like you in every other way. So visit Tourette's.org.au if you've come home to find your property has been damaged, call 131 444. If you've had something stolen from your car, call 131 444. If you've lost something or found something valuable, call 131 444. If you want to register a party or let us know you're going away on holiday, call 131 444. When you need the police but not the sirens, call 131 444. For more information and for online reporting, visit police.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. Stroke can happen to anybody at any age. The best way to help someone is to learn the signs of stroke and know how to act fast. F is for face. Has their face drooped? A is for arms. Can they lift both arms? S is for speech. Is their speech slurred? Do they understand you? T is for time. Call triple zero. Time is critical. If you see any of these symptoms, act fast. Learn the signs of stroke and you could save a life. Go to strokefoundation.org.au forward slash fast to find out more. Indeed it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day here on WARFradio.com. Delay free at the ground on 89.1 FM and coming up soon on VFLW.TV. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg and Toby Hanson with you at AIA Centre Olympic Park. Oval, it's time to catch up with the coaches. And first of all, we've got on the boundary line the head coach of Collingwood in the VFLW, Chloe McMillan. Chloe, good morning. Oh, actually, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are we? Not too bad at all. I mean, first of all, for you, how are the nerves today? This is the opportunity to lock down sixth spot and a finals berth. Yeah, uh, you get nervous before every game, I think. Um, and I think the, the players understand if we can yeah, get today done, we sort of don't have to worry about anything tomorrow or for the rest we sort of lock ourselves in. But um, then again, we just want to be focusing on playing some good footy and hopefully we can continue and take that on in the next couple of weeks as well. Hey, Chloe, it's Brent Sternberg up here. I want to ask you about the last fortnight that your ladies have had. Obviously, you've played two teams that have sort of been down the doldrums of the ladder and you've had some really tough contests within those games. How proud have you been of your girls to be able to wrestle the ascendancy back eventually the past fortnight and get two hard-earned four premiership points in a row? Yeah, really, really proud. I think that's probably been the tale of our last month. I think we're four, we've are four. we won four in a row now, but they've all come different ways. Um, and for the group to sort of fight that out and grind out the last couple of weeks has been really pleasing. And oh, it's a credit to them. They they're the ones that put in the hard work and, and get the job done ultimately. So, as a coach, you can't be you can't ask for much more. And I'm yeah, really really proud of the girls and, and the group and what we've been able to do so far. 
Yeah, afternoon, Chloe. Toby Hanson here. Um, just quickly, how does uh, today's obviously in, in your hands relative as you're speaking just before, you know, you, you need a win today and you can have a nice relaxing day uh, tomorrow. Uh, how do you turn this game into hands? Because Geelong, they're a, they're a pretty strong side. They're a very strong side, definitely. Um, and that's the thing is, yeah, we've just got to try and focus on what we can what we can do um, and ultimately, yeah, pay respect to what they can do and we've just got to play our, our best footy for, for longer than what we have been at the moment. We've been able to string together a quarter, two quarters um, and, you know, the last couple of weeks have been a battle to, to put it all together for four. So that's what today's focus is on and if we can get that done, um, I'll back in our girls to, to get it done. Chloe, you got a debutant today. We're in the number 50, Lexi McCulloch. What can you tell us about her? Yeah, Lex, um, she's come down from uh, the Oakley Chargers, which has obviously given us a few girls through that pathway, but she's someone who's come into the program and worked really, really hard over sort of the last two months. Um, she's full of energy. She's one of the nicest people that um, I've ever met in footy, and um, she's just a kid that wants to in- keep enjoying playing footy, and she loves it. So she's earned, really, really earned her spot today. Looking forward to seeing her on debut today, Chloe. You've actually got a very young team today. I think an average age of just over 22. You've got nine players, 20 or under, five teenagers. I want to ask you specifically about a young lady that played well on debut last week and kicked probably the ceiling goal. Good time to kick her first goal in the VFLW. Charlotte uh, Taylor, can you tell us a bit about her? Yeah, yep. Um, again, similar to Lexi, she's she's coming and just brought so much energy to the program. Um, she's someone who's found her feet really quickly and um, I think she's got a bright future ahead of her but she's come in and she's just eyes wide open and willing to learn and take on as much as she can so we're, we're really happy with her and um, the group love her as a human so uh, yeah we can't wait to see her get out and back up last week's performance. You touched on a moment ago with the clash today against Geelong. Obviously, you played three really great battles with them last year. It should have been four, and for reasons outside of football, it wasn't. They had your number earlier on this season in round eight, back on their deck uh, down the Cattery. Is there anything that you are able to take from that in terms of lasting, uh, you know, lessons for the girls? Oh, a little bit. I think a lot's changed since then as well for both teams. Um, a lot's changed throughout this whole season, so... It's hard to look back and sort of take take all of that on, um, and it, it sort of doesn't mean as much as probably what it has in previous years with you know the way the groups have been sticking together and stuff like that. But we're a completely different side up until you know we've been um, since that game. So we're hoping that we can change the result around it. We just want to keep playing our footy for as long as we can. Well, Chloe, thank you very much for joining us on our pre-game show, and we wish you and the Pies all the very best today against the Cats here at Olympic Park Oval. Cheers, thank you. Thank you very much to Chloe McMillan, the coach there of Collingwood in the VFLW, joining us on our pre-game show. Uh, shortly we're going to catch up with Andrew Bruce, the coach of Geelong. But as we said, she's feeling the nerves, but it's probably good to be alive, to be alert, that this is their opportunity. The simple equation, you win, you slam the door on North Melbourne. It is a young team, Toby. I know we, I asked her about that. It, do you think there will be any issues with that I don't really know how to articulate that question any better but it is a very young team not too many girls uh, in this team have played more than 10 games at this level a lot of them have come up from uh, the NAB league and uh, your your area out to Old Marcelin and in the VAFA are there any concerns there about putting faith in those young girls I guess that yeah they wouldn't be out there if Chloe McMillan didn't have faith in them yeah, absolutely. There's, a, there's obviously a reason why they're at this stand. You look at a couple of the couple of the young girls as well. They've played, you know, representative footy. They've played NAB League, as you touched on. Um, but 
Yeah, that was, that was what I was trying to get out of it. I was trying to ask her, you know, how do you get on top of Geelong today besides just playing their brand of footy? Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I think it might be a worry, but, you know, there's obviously a reason why they're at this level that you don't play, you don't play senior footy for no reason, so... And in fact, I think we just interrupted both coaches having a, a little chat just then. <laughs> we broke them up because we definitely want to know how Geelong's feelings are going into this game. And we've got obviously on the line the head coach of Geelong in the VFLW. Very good afternoon to Andrew Bruce. G'day, how are we all? Good to be here on a bit of a nippy afternoon here at Olympic Park Oval. Andrew, how are you feeling today with the knowledge in mind, you win, you get a home final? Yeah, it's a big thing for us, there's no doubt. I mean, um, I think every side wants to, to play some footy home through final series. So, yeah, it's a big thing for us. Um, but, yeah, we've certainly got our focus on, on today and that's, and that's it. But, um, yeah, home final would be nice first up. Andrew, it's Brent Sternberg up here, mate. How'd you go after the clash with Williamstown last week? It played out in sort of an eerily similar fashion to the Darabin game the week before where you sort of gave the ascendancy to them and went away a little bit from what you like to do through the middle parts of the game. But in the end, it was a pretty comfortable win for you. What were some of the main teaching points that come from that one? Yeah, we actually just spoke a little bit about it then in our in our match. Um, uh, so... Yeah, we, we just thought that, you know, we started initially reasonably well against um, Willie and, and we had the same problem against Darabin that we probably just uh, fell into them having lots of numbers around the footy, uh, became way too contested and, you know, we, we like to try and get one to the contest and then get the ball on the outside as quickly as possible. Um, you know, Williamstown did that really, like, you know, restricted us from doing that really well and we, we thought that once we, we were able to do that, we actually moved the footy quite well and scored goals uh, as a result. So that's what, you know, that's what we try to do. I think most teams try to do it. But, you know, opposition will restrict you at every opportunity. But we just got to try and be a bit more consistent with that style of play. Yeah, Andrew, Toby Hanson here. We, uh, we spoke at the, before the North Melbourne game, probably almost going on a month ago, and you talked about how you could pick apart North Melbourne and you could you know, do all these things to <coughs> win. How do you win today? Because Collingwood, they're playing a young side, but there's a reason why those young players, as we were just talking about on air, are up here. What's, their, what's the key to winning today and securing that home final? Um, oh, I think it's probably for us, it's what I just spoke about, to get our structure of the contest right. And um, and then trying to get the footy quickly into our forwards, um, yeah, that um, that that obviously helps us score. But then we've got to identify when when opposition get um, you know big numbers into our our forward fifty, you know what we need to do at that point. So it's it's something that we're continually working on. Um, but for us, that's that's the main thing. And you know, Colin, what are young? I think we've got five nab girls in um, today as well. So you know, both teams are very very different to this time last year. But I think it's a great thing for, that these NAB girls are getting an opportunity at a higher level and seeing probably what's what's required uh, of them and they're even more so going forward if they want to go to the AFLW. And talking about going to the AFLW, obviously we're watching a number of these players will hopefully will get taken in the draft. One player that we're impressed with last week is Kalani Skuller, who did some ruck work. And, and I guess particularly where rucks are a premium at the moment at the top level. Yeah, yeah, Kalani's been great. She's that's her second game for us, um, you know, and she's trained, uh, trained quite a lot with us through the season because she was living down at uh, Deakin at uh, going to university, and, and obviously it's a big commute back to Rebels. So um, she's done a bit of training with us. Um, girls love her, but her, um, you know, obviously I think she's 190, 191 centimeters, which is is big, and 
and she can get her hands on the footy first and has got really good directional craft with her with her hands. So, you know, we saw a couple of those clearances to Chloe Shear at the start of the yeah. third and fourth were, were outstanding. So, you know, Kalani's going to be a very good player long term. Um, you know, the, you know the, the worry is for some some girls is if they get probably put on an AFL every season um, roster too quickly, do they miss their their chance of being their best? But um, I think long term she'll definitely be a, a, a good player at the high standard. What about another one of the ladies that comes in today, Andrew? Brianna Pratt, obviously a bit more experienced at this level than a lot of the young ladies that you've got in today. What's a, What sort of an inclusion will she be today? Yeah, it's a great inclusion for us. Uh, Pretty um, did her ankle, I think it was round one or round two. So she's been in rehab that whole time. And, um, you know, she played a lot of football with us last year as well. And, and um, we like what she brings. And, so we we're all really excited for her. To, she's done an amazing work with her rehab to get herself right, and she was probably expecting to play local, uh, to be honest. And um, but we we said no, you know what, you've done the work. You're just going to come back and play with us, and <laughs> that's it. So she got a nice surprise on Thursday night. Well, that's great to hear. Tamara Smith is a big out this week. You would be pretty happy with how she went last week, three goals and 21 disposals, but it's been a good sort of six or seven weeks of her footy. What's I might I honestly might have just missed this, but what's the story with her? Um, so she actually hurt her quad um, just before the, um, you know, the, the under-23 game a few weeks ago. Uh, she played that game, missed a week, came back last week. And we played her in that in that forward role, which was the first time she'd done that for the season, although she did a bit for us last year. Um, and then she yeah, she's had a bit of awareness on it this week. So we said, no, nah, just have the week off um, to make sure you're right, because that gives her two weeks off. Um, so she'll have that. <laughs> Excuse me. We, um, Chloe's netted was a late withdrawal for us as well. Last night, she's got some hammy awareness. So Keely Hardingham comes in. So yeah, we've got we've got a few girls who are a bit bit sore at the moment. So um, having a week off next week will be a good thing for us. Well, Andrew, thank you very much for joining us on the pregame show here on WolfRadio.com. We wish you and the Cats all the very best today against the Magpies. Thanks, thanks, gentlemen. Bye. Thanks to Andrew Bruce, the head coach of Geelong in the VFLW, joining us here on the pregame show. Um, as you said, Tamara Smith, good form, and this is, I guess, the the advantage of the uh, finals by a number of players across a number of teams just having that little bit of extra time to be 100% in cherry ripe for finals. It's also a good position I think you know the Cats I know that you know they'd prefer to play at home uh, in a couple of weeks time but they're not uh, too concerned about pulling out one of their best players and one of their best players from last week kicked three goals like you said Toby all of them in the last quarter didn't see too much of her through the, the first three quarters but really exploded to life in the final term so that that's the luxury you have when you know that finals are on the cards you know Collingwood today I know they're in a pretty strong position because of how the ladder looks but they don't necessarily have that luxury. They know that they need to win or, or get some help tomorrow. So when you earn yourself um, that luxury, banking the wins throughout the season, you can give the girls a bye, a week off. In this case, it'll be two weeks off, and hopefully they'll be, for the Cats' sake, they'll be cherry ripe in a couple of weeks. Well, it probably it speaks volume of, of the Cats' setup as well, because he spoke about before that North Melbourne game how he was happy and he was proud for their players to go play representative footy. Uh, and for a player like Tamara Smith to go out injured because of that and 
just to have the smarts to know, okay, well, it's actually two weeks off. Um, it is it is a credit to both um, Andrew Bruce and the, the Geelong setup at a VFLW system, at least. And just quickly, I think we've got to step out in uh, in just a second, but we were mentioning about how young the Collingwood team is. The Geelong team is even younger. Their average age today, it will change a little bit with Keely Hardingham coming in, but their average age today is just over 20, 13 players, 21 or under. Uh, you can actually make that 14 now with Killy Hardingham coming in. Eight teenagers. This is a young Cats team. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a great opportunity for those that obviously they're playing through the NAB League that have come up to this level. They're getting a taste of senior women's football. And hopefully at the right time of the season in pressure games are able to put on a very good uh, showcase for those that are looking to uh, take them in the draft coming in a month's time. And we know that, um, you know, generally most of the girls that play for the Geelong VFLW team come from two very strong units in the NAB League, either from the Geelong Falcons or the GWV Rebels. That's Mm. generally where they come from. And those teams are always up the pointy end of the ladder and playing in those big games. So in terms of today being a big game and all, you know, are they going to be up to it? Of course they are. They always are, particularly the Geelong Falcon girls, you know, that factory. And they've got a bunch in today that are that have played this year for the Geelong Falcons and have come from there as well and are looking to you know get under the eye of the recruiters and get that uh, get that chance at the next level. We'll take this opportunity to take a break here on WARFradio.com. We'll return on the other side of the break. We're going to be chatting AFLW, and there has been some player movements, some from one club to another, and some notable delistings as well. That'll be coming up on the other side of this. The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit WARFradio.com and click on volunteer. That's WARFradio.com and click on volunteer. What do you listen to while you wait for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without a barrage of ads and announcers that always want to be the main attraction? Welcome to Turn Back Time Radio, formerly GoRadio.live. We're here 24 hours a day, every day of the year, playing the very best music from the past 70 years. Songs you know, songs you want to sing along with. You can listen at www.turnbacktime.radio or better still, by downloading the free Turn Back Time Radio app for your Apple or Android device. Turn Back Time Radio. Great music, great times. It's radio as it should be. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. Life can be really tough when you or a close family member has cancer. But if you're 12 to 25, Canteen's in your corner. Canteen provides whatever practical and emotional support you need, from connecting you with other young people who get what you're going through, to helping you develop new skills to cope, and just bringing back some fun into your world. So if cancer's messing with your life, check out canteen.org.au. And remember, Canteen's in your corner.
Indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on WARFradio.com at the ground delay free on 89.1 FM and coming up very soon on VFLW.TV in time for the bounce down at 2 p.m. Collingwood and Geelong. Pies need to win to secure a sixth spot. The Cats want to win to secure a home final. Plenty to play for on this game. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg and uh, Toby Hansen with you. But Toby, it's time to talk AFLW. And there have been some notable moves and notable delistings. First of all, I'm going to talk about a notable move, which must be crushing for this club. The Bulldogs have lost another forward. Not only have they lost Huntington, who wants to trade to GWS, at least they'll get something in return. Not only did they lose too good to Essendon in expansion, but now they have lost Brooke Lachlan to the Sydney Swans. Yeah, big loss. Another expansion club uh, digging into into the Bulldogs, as you mentioned. So, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's... It's interesting for the poor old Bulldogs. I wonder who they do sort of target over the once the sort of the trade period um, gets going and stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, I I was surprised by that move because yeah, the Bulldogs have almost been not decimated, but mm. they've had a couple big outs, big notable outs. I, I I've got a name which I'll talk about later on. We talk about the listings who could fit in at the Bulldogs, but I have a theory on why the Bulldogs are losing these players. If you look at two of the Longest clubs in women's football at an AFL level when you include exhibition games. The Bulldogs in Melbourne have been there for so long. And people go, why are Melbourne hardly losing anybody and why are the Bulldogs losing people? This is my theory. The players that have moved on from the Bulldogs all played in their premiership team. And I think what the situation is, when they're looking back at their career, they go, okay, I'm being offered an opportunity to go another club, potentially earn more money. They look back and they go, well, I've already won my premiership. So regardless of what happens from here, I've got a premiership. I've ticked that off. Whereas for Melbourne, maybe the option for some players, there is the money there. But because Melbourne have always been so close and never won that flag, there's that little character stay at Melbourne of, I just want that flag. And if Mel- and let's say the upset happened in the grand final in the previous season just played. Let's say Melbourne had beaten Adelaide. Do you reckon there actually probably would have been more rating on Melbourne after that? The players would have gone... Well, I've got my premiership. I'm happy to go elsewhere and get the money. Yeah, I think so. Brooke, Brooke Ogden, she was the vice captain of the Bulldogs. Is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so the yeah, it's interesting that the the leadership of the Bulldogs walk out. But I I do think you're probably onto something there. That you almost feel like you've completed your time at the Bulldogs. It's time to go yeah. Melbourne. Melbourne being that that sort of the early team with the Bulldogs. That yeah, there's that feeling that it's. They need to win the premiership. It's almost inevitable to feel like, and they want to be a part of that history-making team. So you're probably onto something um, regarding that, that the Melbourne players want to want to stick fat and, and get themselves the first club premiership because they have just been probably the most famous AFLW side, um, historically speaking, quote-unquote. And, and i.e. why Daisy Pierce came back for another season probably to go, yeah. you know, for all the accolades that she had at state league level and national championships and all of that, She's One a, missing. She's, she's neither got a premiership nor a league best and fairest at AFLW level. And I think she goes, that's the big hole in the resume. Despite how everyone says how great she is, and she is great, it's a case of, but that validation is just missing. But as you said, but the Bulldogs players can move on because they, they've had that validation. Brooke Lachlan, as we said, the, the, the big one to go. Um, another one, which is uh, crushing for a, a fairly new side, for the Gold Coast Suns, Hannah Dunn, their captain. She's gone. Port Adelaide's got her. Yeah, I was just I was just thinking um, while you were speaking there, Port Adelaide are building up a really experienced side because she is an experienced yeah. player. Um, of course, the skipper of the Sun. So, um, yeah, Port Adelaide are 
they would come into this next AFLW season thinking, oh, right, they're a sneaky chance for the finals because of how experienced they're. Obviously, there's the there's the um, the fire and the the smoke around a couple of their biggest signs like an Aaron mm. Phillips. But the, quietly away, they've been picking away at the at the AFLW sign. It's been a strong Sandful W season as well. Of course, the grand final mm. um, this weekend. So um, yeah, they're, they're a sneaky little chance for the for assuming it's going to be a top eight for the finals um, mm. for that position there, Brent. Yes, it is. It's good, isn't it? The top eight. Imagine. In the men's, a captain leaving like that. Wouldn't oh, that yeah. be front, <laughs> front and back page news? How are the, I know we're all very fixated on how yeah. the, uh, the new teams are building. How, what have you made of the Suns and their, uh, what's happened this off-season with the, ins and outs? They've lost the captain. They've lost Janet Baird down to, um, down to the Hawks. They've lost their goal kicker. They've lost Sarah Perkins to Hawthorne. But I, I, I was suspecting they were expecting that to happen at some stage because she's yep. a Victorian and, you know, she she would, given the offer to stay home, you naturally would take that. So, yeah, for, for, for the Gold Coast Suns, they're like, oh, they, this, this, the, the first year was okay. They made their finals due to the weird COVID situation. Then they had a shocker in 21. Then last year they were starting to build some momentum again, but uh, couldn't get over the line on a few occasions, including that game against the Saints. Um, yeah, the, the Gold Coast Suns, you go... You just wonder why they haven't had the ability, like how Sydney has been almost throwing out the checkbook to try and lure players and they finally got Lachlan, why um, why Gold Coast haven't had that ability to get that one or two big names. The only, I guess the biggest name they really got was Charlie Rowbottom when she said that, oh, I will go to that club as number one draft pick in the last draft. But yeah, they, I mean, there's obviously a lot of good female talent there in Queensland, as being proven by the Brisbane Lions. But yeah, it's it feels like the Suns are on the hamster wheel. They're going round and round, but not really getting any traction. I wonder if they've sort of got this thing in their mind that they know that there's there's good talent coming through their academy. I know that the Queensland team at the Under-18 Championships, uh, I think it was a... From memory, I think it was a 16-15 split in favour of the Suns' way in terms of academy members in mm. that team, and a lot of really nice players. Interestingly, two of the uh, two of the sisters, I can't remember their name, but they actually signed for Port Adelaide. They're involved in the Mot- Motlop uh, yeah, family, yeah, yeah. I think. Cockatoo, Cockatoo, Cockatoo family, yeah, sorry. Um, so that's a bit of a loss. But uh, yeah, I wonder if they sort of think, look, there's a, there's a little bit going out here. We might have to take a bit of a half-step backwards to go forward in the long run because we know that we're really pumping out some talent in our um, in our academy and obviously they're going to have uh, early mm. picks and access to um, Victorian prospects as well but yeah let's, let's be honest and biased that's where most of the cream comes from mm. well there's players on the market available and there's already two big names that have been delisted first of all at Richmond Christina Bernardi has been delisted she's out there and available for a side that needs a forward how old is she now, Bernardi? Oh, geez, Benno's been around for a while, but I, I, off the top of my head, I reckon she's late twenties. Yeah, yeah. So that's still yeah. prime. Yeah, enough. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that the Tigers let her go. Obviously, I've caught a little bit of her playing at this level yeah. when she hasn't been in the senior team um, for the Tigers. Maybe pushed out a little bit. The Tigers, not a great team overall, Richmond, but they've actually yeah. got some good forward options. You know, yeah, where Bernardi yeah. likes to play, so. I, I think they could probably find some astute um, pickups, I think. The Suns, you know, from the... You don't want to call it off the, uh, off the scrap heap, but that's almost what it is. You know, we know that teams have to, have to let players go, so there's some good well, ones available. I know there's one club that she should go to, and I'll mention that club in a moment's time because the next player delisted, I reckon, should also go there as well. The big one is Kate McCarthy. 
delisted by the Saints. Now, remember, heading into the Saints' inaugural season, she was one of the two uh, uh, big signings because she went with Nat Exxon from the Brisbane Lions to come down to play for the Saints. It just, particularly under Del Santo, had, it has not worked for uh, at the Saints. They've uh, mutually agreed to part ways, according to the Saints' website. So McCarthy is out there available. Some suggest that she might have lost a little bit of speed, but her experience is there and valuable. Toby Hansen, I put to you, are, are you surprised by this? And second of all, do you think the Bulldogs should bo- should chase both Bernardi and McCarthy? Yeah, because of all the all the sort of experience that we were just talking about that they've lost, they could really do with someone. Uh, well, they could probably do it with both of them, actually. But yeah, no, I'm... You're right, it hasn't worked out. The, the Del Sano regime at St Kilda has, oh. has been an interesting one. But, um, yeah, look, I, I have... I have no doubts that it was. It's probably the right thing to do, and I'm, I'm not all that surprised. Um, just sitting on the outside, I'm not all that surprised. But it's it is interesting that you you delist someone with such a wealth of experience because now they they can't get anything back for for it if they were going to trade her. Um, yeah, no. The, to your second question, I think the Bulldogs could absolutely do with both those players, particularly McCarthy, but. Um, yeah, I guess only time will tell. And you'd almost hope that they end up with the Bulldogs just for the sake of the Western Bulldogs list and such. The Saints at the moment, geez, well, you know, they lost Void to Essendon. I'm trying to think who else they lost to Essendon. I'm just drawing a mental blank there for a second. I should know as an Essendon supporter. Um, they, they lost Tilly Lucas Ryan to Hawthorne. Um, they, they, they've lost a number of players. The, the delistings, they delisted Woodward, who I thought had a good game last week for the Southern Saints. She's been one of their better players this season for yeah. the Southern Saints, Alana Woodwin. Yeah. And uh, I think she she didn't get much of a crack at an AFLW level this year. I think she only yeah. played two or three games, obviously, formerly of uh, of Richmond. She She's another one that you look at and you think, well, you hope like hell that she gets picked up by another team because she's too good at VFLW level. And uh, other names that have been floating around, we discussed it last week. Phoebe McWilliams, who, of course, is, uh, from what we understand, not being offered a contract by Geelong. She is looking elsewhere. She has been linked to Carlton. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Paul Sebastiani in our group's <laughs> gone, I thought we were going for a youth policy. <laughs> well, Carlton say a lot and then do the opposite, don't yeah. they? That wouldn't be unlike the Blue yeah. Baggers. They're a funny old club, and Paul... Gee, does Paul ride them? What have you made of the Blues as well? They've, they've, I mean, let's be honest, lost their best uh, player. They're, they're, they've lost Press Parkers. They've lost G. They're losing Egan. They're losing Stevens. Um, <laughs> and you're losing Brooke Walker for a part of the season because she's going to go play rugby league yeah, for Parramatta yes. yeah, I saw in that, yeah. the NRLW. You look at you look at Carlton and you go. My goodness, if you think the Saints are a dumpster fire, what the heck are Carlton? Yeah, well, that's the thing. They, they weren't that solid of an outfit the most recent season just gone, weren't they? And now they've lost, really, most of their, their dangerous players. They'd want to have a good draft, Toby. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what's, what's going on at Carlton. Mass exodus and... And um, yeah, you're right. They're, they're, an, in, they're in an interesting crossroads here. Yeah, it, it just it just puzzles you, and it goes back to a couple of months ago when they gave the two year extension and continued half it on. You're thinking, if you're losing these amount of players, and let's be honest, the, the amount of quality that you're losing, you're pretty much now going to rebuild territory. You're thinking, right, is half of the bloke that's going to stay here for five years? Because now you have to do a proper rebuild in the AFLW. It's not like when it was eight teams or ten teams where, like the Bulldogs in that first year, could finish second last and bounce back and win the flag. This is now an 18-team comp, and it's going to be harder to climb the ladder. It is going to need a proper five- or six-year rebuild. 
you've got to look at that now in hindsight and go, well, if you were going to sign Harford, why would you sign him for two? If you really think he's going to be long-term, shouldn't he be there for five to see it through? And if you don't think he's going to be there for five, well, why haven't you then moved on to your next option? And if you're, if you're a support... Well, if you're Carlton, can you really afford a, a rebuild at the stage where the league's expanding and where they're trying to get people into the crowds? Uh, can you afford a team they, like Carlton to have a rebuild at this stage? They've, because, got, they've got no choice. Well, I know, I know, but that's what yeah. I'm saying, that they're, they're in a bit of strife here, and I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting next sort of 12 months because we'll get two seasons in, or in the next 18 months, we'll get two seasons in. So what Carlton do the short season at the end of this year and what they do... Uh, the uh, sh- presumably longer season next year. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's the VFL match of the day. Welcome to the VFL Women's Match of the Day. For those that have just joined us on VFLW.TV, you're listening to the WARFradio.com call of Collingwood and Geelong. We have a 2pm bounce down and, of course, we're having uh, respective uh, ceremonies as part of the Sir Doug Nichols round. And uh, we might see if we can head on down to the centre. We've got just an effects mic, and we'll see how very best we can pick up uh, while we'll be taking part in the uh, middle of the ground here at Olympic Park Oval. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg, and Toby Hanson here with you. As we said, we do apologise. We only have an effects mic at the moment. We're trying our best to see if we can pick up. There's actually no PA system or microphone here at Olympic Park Oval that allows us to patch in and take a feed for... Uh, Obviously, marking the Sir Doug Nichols round like we did last week when we did uh, Weemstown, Angelo Weemstown in there, Indigenous Guernsey for that game. And yeah, again, unfortunately, we're not being able to pick up that audio. We're essentially just getting a, a crowd audio. And I don't think you would want to hear people just no. like numbering yeah. along about their coffee order or something like yeah. that. But uh, our apologies that we're unable to pick up that. They don't have the uh, technical facilities here at uh, Olympic Park Oval. Just interesting that they've got uh, Nicola Weston there, the Maggies, uh, taking part in this ceremony. We believe that she's actually been pulled out of this team, but she's there all kitted up. So... Uh, I'm not sure if they wanted to kit it up to be a part of all of this or if she actually is playing. So or we'll a late withdrawal but still in uniform. Yeah, potentially. We'll get to the ins and outs in just a moment as we've got Paige Scott and Bree Beckley accepting the uh, the gifts. I missed the smoking ceremony that we had last week. That was uh, that was quite good. That was uh, taken just near uh, where they actually conducted, just in front of the Floyd Pavilion uh, uh, yeah. at... Uh, at Williamstown, which was, uh, you know, well done by both clubs. But, yeah, Weston is running with the side, and now she's... Something's so happening a photo. here. So, so she's, so she's in. Photo. Okay. Uh, so according originally to our uh, VFLW list, of course, you can actually find the sides. If you download the VFL app at any stage, you click on a game and you're able to look at selected teams as well, and you can keep an eye on the stats as you go along. According to uh, selected teams that we did have here, Nicola Weston is not named. According to us, we have Smith and Woodford in as emergencies and Lee and Weston out and we have Lee warming up so apparently we have Weston warming up so that is that that that's that is an interesting curveball at the moment uh, Brent Sturberg we'll have to keep an eye on that yeah uh, yep 
So we might we might get to the changes, and yep, then as yep. as we we'll go, we'll go through with that. As we move on, you guys keep an eye on the toss. As we move through the quarter, we'll try and work out because obviously there's been a couple of late changes, but a very late late change, and Nicola Weston is in fact playing and not out. So four changes that we're aware of <laughs> from the Collingwood team. So going out of the side that snuck by Port Melbourne last week, Chanel Camilleri, Ebony Rowe, and Nevo Connor, they all go back into the emergencies, and Katie Lee, who was named in the team on Friday, uh, yesterday is. Out. Uh, she actually came off with a bit of a shoulder injury last week. I was surprised to see her named in the team. So Katie Lee, the, uh, the the veteran Collingwood defender, premiership player in 2019, is a late out today for Collingwood. Coming in is Nike Dojok. She comes back in after being named in the emergencies last week. Kara Colborn veals back after her first game since round nine. A debut as well for young uh, Lexi McCulloch from the Oakley Chargers and via Old Scotch as well. And like Peter mentioned, a moment ago, Erid Woodford is a late in and Amelie Smith is a late in. She actually did play last week. Is there someone that's not out there that I just mentioned? Pete? Yes, from what I'm looking at, I don't see Amelie Smith. Okay, okay. So I think Weston remains in with Smith as still emergency. So no number 21, is that what no you're telling me? No number 21 that I spot. Okay, okay. So that looks to be the late change. Nicola Weston uh, in after we thought that she was out and Amelie Smith. So I think they might have just got it around the wrong way with the player that was actually coming in. That's what I think has happened. For Geelong, much more simpler, Toby, for a simple person like me. Four changes going out of the team that defeated Williamstown last week. Tamara Smith, Lejeune Alhanadi, they both go out through injury. Tamara uh, Smith, Andrew Bruce told us pre-game, is struggling with a bit of a quad injury that has lingered the last couple of weeks, so they've put her on ice for the finals. Laura Ryan goes back into the emergencies today, and uh, vice-captain Chloe Leonard is a late laid out for the Cats as well. Coming in, Renee Karras, the big ruck woman, she's back in after being a late withdrawal last week. Ava McKeegan comes in as well after being in the emergencies. Brianna Pratt is in for her first VFLW game since round four and Keely Hardigan uh, is a late in as well. So it's Keely Hardigan who's replacing Chloe Leonard. Not exactly a like for like so it'll be interesting to see if that changes how the Cats line up at all but uh, four changes for Geelong. And for those that have just joined us on VFLW.TV, you're listening to the WolfRadio.com call of Collingwood versus Geelong, the last round of the VFLW. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg and Toby Hanson with you. And we're going to outlay for those that have just joined us on the TV side and didn't listen to our radio pregame show of what will happen with the final situation involving this game. Now, first of all, First position in the ladder, locked in. Essendon, a minor premiers. They beat Casey this morning. Essendon will host a qualifying final against second-placed Hawthorne. Third place, Casey, will play the sixth-place team. And we'll explain about that in a moment's time. We do know fourth and fifth will be Geelong and the Saints. But who finishes fourth, who finishes fifth? Again, we'll explain in just a moment's time. Finals will be in two weeks from now. We do have a bye next week. So let's explain how this game plays into things. If you're a Collingwood supporter, the news is simple. If you win today, you get six spot. Win and you're in. You're playing against Casey at Casey Fields in two weeks' time in an elimination final. But if you lose against Geelong, this is where it gets interesting. If you lose by a small margin, you're pretty much guaranteed that you're going to be playing finals football. If you lose by a big margin, we're talking somewhere in the vicinity of eight or nine goals, you are then vulnerable to North Melbourne. North Melbourne played the Saints tomorrow. So remember, if you're Collingwood and you have a big loss, you're watching North Melbourne. If North Melbourne beat the Saints, they probably need to win them by about five or six goals. To make it simple, the gap between Collingwood and North Melbourne is about 88 points. So Collingwood fans, 
you want to win today. For Geelong fans, if you win, you get the home final against the Southern Saints. If you lose, you're watching what happens tomorrow because then if the Saints win, they jump you and we'll have the home final with you having to play away to the Saints. Got that? We hope you do. <laughs> you're all across that, Toby? No, I must admit I'm on the core team and not even I know what's going on. All I know, <laughs> Collingwood win, they're home. If they don't, could be in a bit of strife. We'll get a quick one-word tip, Toby. Who's winning? Uh, oh, Pies by 10. What about Peter Holden? Geelong by 20. <laughs> yes, I'm picking the Cats by around about the same margin. They beat Collingwood by earlier this year. So the last Saturday of the home and away season, both teams got to win for different reasons. Collingwood to make certainty of a finals berth and Geelong to make a certainty of a home finals game in two weeks' time. Collingwood trying to scrap it out of the middle, going to the right of your screen. Uh, if you're watching on VFLW.TV and the right of your dial, if you're listening on WARF Radio, not going anywhere there. We'll get another ball up just forward of centre for Collingwood. It was Demi Hallett underneath all of that one, who was a lot easier to pick earlier this year when she had the bright blue fairy floss hair. Remos has dropped that one cold. Umpire said play on. Karras trying to work it to Shepard, who's under the pump here. It's Jackson for Collingwood, who's onto it. Kicks the Magpies inside 50. Kicking towards her teammate at the top of the arc. Couldn't quite pick it up there, Cowan, and it's gone out of play. And the umpire says throw it in at right half forward for Collingwood. Let's see what happens. We're about 50 metres out from goal. Umpire waiting for the ball to be tossed back into play. King, one of the vice captains of Collingwood, doing the rucking in this contest. Ball is spinning back into play. Gets a little nudge from Karras, and the umpire says that is in the back. You can't do that. And a free kick going the way of Sarah King. So Collingwood's royalty has the football. <laughs> She's about 55 metres out from goal. Going in the Dojok direction. Hands on the ball. One, Ooh. two bites. Couldn't quite pull it in. Chance for the Cats to come away, but Dojok lays on the secondary tackle. Cowan in there, having to dance around, trying to get in there. Shepard for Geelong, and the umpire says holding the football. Wow. That's going to be a Geelong free kick, and ending up with it, the number 44 in Melissa Bragg. Mel Bragg, who played in the forward line when these two met early this year, kicked two goals. Lining up in defence early on here for the Cats. Out to the broadcast side. King in the middle of the pack. Couldn't hold on to the mark. Xander wrapped up by Emily Ramsey. We get a ball up on the broadcast wing. Matilda Xander, who was fantastic. Best on ground for Collingwood last week. 24 disposals and 10 clearances. From the restart, hack forward there by Charlotte Taylor. Collingwood back inside 50. Awkward bounce there for Coventry. Now it's taken by Hill, who got it off to Bragg. That's a good-looking kick. And now Geelong have a mark right at half-back. And this is young Emily Ramsey who wants to bring it out to the near side. And she's going to have a 50-metre penalty. The umpire says, come with me. And that's going to take the Cats out of their back half and to the middle of the ground. Thoughts on that one, Toby? Yeah, well, an interesting decision. Was that off the mark, I'm going to assume? Um, I think it might have been in the, in the protected zone, but yeah. Yeah, the, uh, no, I, th I would have thought the Pies have, have started this game relatively strong. But the Cats, they get, they get a freebie here. Inside 50, they go via Ramsey. Bowie went through, couldn't take it. Weston, handball off to Hales, who comes out with a beautiful kick. And this is Jackson at right half back for Collingwood. Elizabeth Jackson's got the footy on the broadcast side of the ground. Gets on the right boot. It's a long high Oof. kick. One by the cherry. Couldn't bring it in there. And the Pies will come away with a long kick. This one by Xander. Great grab. And spots up a target. Quick little hand pass Ooh, off to out. Taylor, who received it from Cowan. The kick, well, I'm not sure how to describe that one, but she'll <laughs> run onto it on the end on the half-forward flank position. Getting bumped by Carly Ramos. We'll see the football over the boundary line and out of bounds. As we said, Charlotte Taylor, one of the crucial goals last week for the Pies against Port Melbourne. It was a goal that gave them a little bit of a break in that final term. And they got all they could handle, didn't they, against Port Melbourne last week. 
as we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. Pies again attacking to right of screen for those on VFLW.TV. Hand pass came out. It was quickly on the left boot. Trying to go for the long sleeves and taking the mark is Sasha Giacomio. And she ends up going with a beautifully well-weighted kick. Finds her target, Paige Scott. Goes for a run. Oh, Oy. dances around her opponent in Weston. Bates got on the right boot. Long and high inside 50. Hoping for the ball to bounce the right way. Trying to trap it there was Ricardo. Ricardo's got a cool oh. coming. Oh, no. Commentator's curse. I was going to yeah. say cool <laughs> coming. Collected. And then there was just that little bit too much on the kick when she was trying to find Jackson. Out of bounds on the full. If that's if that's Geelong at their, uh, at their silk ears, they, that looked very good. They transitioned that ball so easily. Sophie Deneen's going to come back here to Ramsey. Use getting some early possessions for Geelong. Realised that she could advance the football into the pocket. Went looking for DJ Comey in the long sleeves and the bright orange boots. It's just beyond her and bouncing out of play in the left forward pocket for Geelong. And both back lines early on here, Toby, being tested. It's going from end to end. Both holding up relatively well. Yeah, the... the the Cats just scraped away uh, or, or just played away too well there, coming off their half-back line. They look strong uh, going to the forward line, but I'm not sure their forward line hasn't stood up just yet. Coming in hard there was that was Hill. Handball to Harding and moves the late in for the Cats. Skinner, fresh off a four-goal performance last week. Off the Shepherd to the goal square. In went Paige Scott. Couldn't take the mark. Kick a Rovers goal, Paige. No, it's offline. Oh, she's an exciting young player, that lady from the GWV Rebels and couldn't quite kick the Cats' first major of the afternoon here. It's one behind. It's the first score of the day. That's the lead for the Cats. Here on WARFradio.com. Delay free at the ground on 89.1 FM and on VFLW.TV. Oh, just getting cut off there. Was trying to find Xander. Mia Skinner, who was very dangerous last week, came in and saw the ball over the boundary line and out of bounds. So we'll have a throw in. At the Olympic Boulevard, end of the ground. Left the screen for those on VFLW.TV. As it's thrown back into play. Sarah King again doing the ruck work. Brought the ball to ground. They tried to get a hurry kick away through. Shear was robbed of the football. Came out to Nicole Hales. Hales just slammed it on the boot. Hoping to find Vanderville's there for the pies. Went through her legs. Had a teammate there for support. It was actually Hales to chase it up again. Ball came out, though, for the catch. Shepard tries to get on the end of it. Got spun around. Hurry kick away. Picked off by Sarah King. The Collingwood ruck. Paige Shepard, who was enormous when these two met earlier this season. 29 disposals, six clearances. King, who was pretty good last week. Two goals, kicks down the line. Her opposite number, Karras, couldn't take the intercept mark. Kick down the line there for the Magpies by DiMatteo. Now running onto it here, Bragg. Tightrope in the boundary line. Her handball has been smothered and out of play. And we get a ball in right underneath our commentary position. Have you got any early thoughts, Toby Hanson? Yeah, that was, a, that was a good result there from uh, the Cats defenders. Not let Collingwood break for, but they're putting themselves under mountainous amounts of pressure today. The, the Pies, a couple kick-ins there, one went out in the full one. Had to come in for a ball in. Karras has been dealt with here in the ruck for Geelong. Not sure there was too much in that, but uh, too he high. high yeah. Too high, says the umpire and Peter Holden. So Karras with a free kick for Geelong. Centre wing looking towards the lead here of Hardingham, who, while her opponent fell over... And that made it just about an uncontested mark in the end. And so here is uh, Keely Hardingham from the Geelong Falcons, part of the Vic Country setup recently as well. Sends Geelong back towards the 50. It's living in their front half early on here, the Cats. Collingwood player on the bottom of the pack. That was uh, Hallett. That's where she lives, on the bottom of the pack, Demi Hallett. 
Eventually it's come out. Hales, Jackson at halfback for Collingwood. Lovely kick down the line. It'll just drop in front of DiMatteo, who's got to Coventry for company. Coventry won the football back for Geelong, kicking in the direction of Skinner, who slipped over. Picked up again there by Jackson, who just throws it on the boot. It'll be coming back. It's Renee Karras with ball in hand. Karras elects to go for a run. Oh, oh another one. Oh, protected 50 metres. Boy. And the player who gave away the infringement was Cowan. She's just trying to point, but I'm near my opponent in Bragg. And the umpire says, too bad, so sad. So Karras, directly in front from 20 metres out, goes bang. Goal for Geelong. They go to 117. Collingwood yet to score. VFLW Round 14 action on wharfradio.com and vflw.tv. And here's some thoughts from our match analyst, Toby Hanson. Well, when I, when I, sorry, Pete. When I rocked up uh, probably an hour and a half ago now, I went out and had a look at the field. It felt a bit dewy underground, a bit wet still underground. I thought this might dry up over the next hour or so. Um, but because that sun's gone away, it's become cloudy again. It's stayed chilly. The ball, the, the deck still must be quite wet because we saw um, two players in, in a matter of about 60 seconds slip over in contests and we saw a couple uh, just after the bounce of the ball in the early 30 or 40 seconds of the game. So it must still be quite wet under the ground. That ball's still sliding along the deck. And I think that might just be to the advantage of the Cats. The four disposals and a goal early on for Renee Karras, who wins this hit out. Collingwood trying to get it out of the middle. It's Marlon Eel who's over it, who's stood up in the Geelong tackle. Got it to Hallett. Collingwood floating one out of the middle. Awkward bouncing one there. The Geelong player just trying to sock it away. It was Dowling. Now picked up by Van Dyke for the Cats. Dangerous kick into the middle, but it was a good enough kick. And Chloe Shear marks just backward of centre. Quiet start for Chloe Shear, who was best on ground last week in their win over Williamstown. Kicked too much on it for DJ Comey. Hales, who's playing an important role back there on the half-back line early on for Collingwood, kicks it down towards Nike Dojok. Collected it on the bounce. Wants to try and open up the angle here. High ball towards the top of the 50. Touched off the boot so the mark won't be paid. And Dowling did mark. Luckily, she was wise to that and got a handball clear. Neil wanted a free kick for Collingwood and didn't get it. Geelong come away again through Emily Ramsey. He's having a great first quarter. Genuine one-on-one here on the centre wing. It's won by Skinner. Kicking towards the uh, forward 50 for the Cats. Bouncing ball. Difficult one for Schooler. But onto it now, Steve Giacomi. Open goal beckons for the Cats. Again, Fabulous uh, football. I'm sorry, Toby. Go on. No, no. My, my apologies. Um, the, the ball again just slipped out the back to the advantage along. And their, their defenders seem to be just a couple metres too high and they're just they're they're pressing too much and I think it's again I think Geelong's lead might just blow out a little bit they generally don't start the game all too strong but um they've they've come out of the woodwork uh pretty well here two early goals well, I tell you what, if you're a North Melbourne supporter sitting back watching this game, remember, you need Geelong to win. And this 88-point gap between Collingwood and North has to be shrunk. You see those two early goals, your eyebrows start to raise going, ooh, is it on? Yeah. Is it on? Let's see how the rest of the game plays out. We're still early stages here in this first term at AIA Centre. As the umpire throws the football up in the air and we win it again for the Geelong Football Club. Taken away, though, by Marlon Neal of Collingwood. Puts it almost into the uh, hands of Amy Kane for Geelong, who got her hands in there. Spelled to Van Dyke. And she managed to p- kick around. I should apologise. It was Dowling that got it to Van Dyke. Got it towards the half-back flank. This is where they'll run off the line here, the Cats, and put it out towards the wing position. Ball is bouncing for Hales to try and get there first. House has got company going with her, including Pratt and Skinner's lurking nearby. Pratt goes to ground. Umpire circling will blow the whistle and call for a ball up. Centre wing on the Amy Park side of the ground. Winning it at the coalface at the moment, Collingwood, Toby, but Geelong winning that contest- the uncontested ball back in their favour. 
Yeah, it's almost like the, the Pies are doing all the hard work at the ground level, but Geelong just roll over them too easy. Here they come again through Marlon Neal, but again they're going to turn it over. And taking a nice mark on the uh, defensive side of the centre square is a young lady by the name of Mia Van Dyke, who spears one to Isabella Hill, who takes the mark right in the middle of the Olympic Park ground. Isabella Hill, who's had a good year, averaging 12 disposals, played every game. Kicked it on the head of Paige Scott. She's got great hands, this lady. Played on because Ricardo fell over. Geelong back inside 50 and threatening again. Skinner in a good position. Early body use. Got rid of Hales. Emin back there for Collingwood in the goal square. Dangerous kick. It's looking for Xander. Just bounced on the boundary line. It might stay in. And Xander headed a million miles an hour. And here go Collingwood to the outer side. Lovely kick. Collingwood a chance now, Peter. Amy Kane now has got it. And Kane with the football on the halfback flank. Amy Park side of the ground. Wants to try and kick it in. Ball was looking for Marla Neal instead ended up picking up a Geelong player and that is Isabella Hill and Hill's got the football looking around for some options where can she go from here she goes straight down the guts with a 30 meter kick is it well weighted no just bounced off her intended target ball hit the ground trying to jump in there is Ricardo for Collingwood to try and trap it in comes Neal who got it out hurry little kick along the ground towards Dojok Dojok wanted to go with a hand pass over her shoulder didn't work out in goes Neal again and the umpire says there's no proper opportunity we'll call for a bounce and get some thoughts from Toby Hansen yeah again it's it's just been a very stop starty sort of game. No one can really find too much space, but it's definitely the Cats on top. This this scoreline very deserved. Scholar been doing the ruck there for the Cats, and the ball now pops out, and that's with Hill. And Hill goes for a run inside 50. He wants to try and spear the pass. The hot spot, 35 metres out from goal. Ooh. Sasha Giacomi tries to bust her way through, nearly took out her, her own teammate. Some friendly fire, tapping it towards the boundary line. There is Lexi McCulloch. The ball goes over and out. We'll have a throw in 10 metres around from the left hand point post, Olympic Park, or Olympic Boulevard end of the ground. Gee, they're under siege, aren't they, Toby? Collingwood at the moment, relentless. Inside 50 is the Cats. They lead by 13 points. Hardigan into the ruck for Geelong. And it was actually Olivia Stora in there doing the ruck duties in defence for the Magpies. A former basketballer, played in the States. She's got another go here against Hardigan. Hardigan got the better of it. Hales, who's the leading disposal getter on the ground for Collingwood with five. She's going to find herself on the bottom of that pack. Hales with five, Isabella Hill with five for Geelong, and Emily Ramsey with five as well. Still, it's the Cats in the left forward pocket. They got the first two. Can they find another one here? Good pressure applied there by Marlon Neal. Hallett, fight a handball to Hales. That'll be disposal number six. Decent to purchase on the non-preferred left boot. Off the pack, Beckley couldn't get it. The ground there goes the Collingwood player, Van der Vlies, and now it's going to sit here for Deneen. Hurry kick back inside, 54 the Cats, but uh, standing strong is Lizzie Jackson, who's had a mountain of work to do back there early on for Collingwood. Jackson looks to stay wide towards the broadcast side of the ground. Try to put it on the head there of Matza. Got knocked away from her by Scholar. Ball hit the ground. Matza went in there to get it. Fired out the hand pass. One step hurry kick there by Charlotte Taylor. At the knees there. It bounced away from the uh, player in Lizzie Dowling for Geelong. Went to go back and get it again. Ripped off the football. Umpire said you're over it so play on. Deneen gave it up to Marlon Neal who then lost control of the football. Ball got immediately brought to ground. Tackle laid on by Demi Hallett. Umpire's allowing the play to go on. It pops out to Jackson. Jackson 
on the right boot, heading towards the boundary line. Will be a lasso if it doesn't get touched before it goes out. No, it stops dead. It's Dematteo now with a kick on the right boot towards the centre wing. Again, we're still on the broadcast side. Double-handed slap there by Coventry. Wanted to put an advantage of two catch players, but it didn't get there. Hand pass coming backwards. That time courtesy of Vandervilles. Got it across to Dematteo, who got ripped to ground, but got her kick away, but it went sideways. Hallett also Ooh. got ripped to ground. Her kick also went sideways in towards the middle of the ground. Oh, Jackson almost got collared on the way through. Got rid of the football. Catch intercept, though. Now time running through with McKeegan. McKeegan wanted to go originally oh. in the Skinner direction. Gee, good, good mark coming from out of nowhere. Paige Scott on a burst. Scott now goes inside 50 with the kick. It's a two-on-two situation. Good mark taken by Hardingham. Hardingham's got Skinner on if she wants to go there. She's thinking about going back and having a shot. 45 metres out from goal, directly in front. Now hesitant. Hardingham, close the player on the mark as she comes in to kick. Gives it a ride. Gee. Gives it a ride. Will it get the distance? It falls short at the top of the goal square. The mark is taken by the ever-reliable Nicole Hales. How yeah, good was that mark from Paige Scott? Not for the first time today already. Such strong hands. Hales comes short to Hannah Bowie, who has it in the right back pocket for Collingwood, who are under all sorts back there in the uh, opening quarter here at Olympic Park. Bowie just kicks to a pack. Off hands, Geelong with plenty of numbers. Karras already a goal kicker. A little give to Ramsey, who's been everywhere. Floats one back inside forward 50, but Hannah Bowie can take another easy intercept mark for Collingwood and now send them on their way towards the broadcast wing. Backing back Kane, got a little fist in there. Taken by the Cats captain, Beckley, who tried to handle to her teammate who was on the bottom of the pack. They worked it out, Collingwood. Bragg got it to Shear. Hurry ball back inside 50. And as far as Nicole Hales again, will be coming up for disposal number eight here. This one will come from the right back pocket for the Pies. Hales with the kick on the right boot and the flashy fluoro boots trying to put in the direction of Mata. Oh, Got punched unlucky. away from her. And it just came off the boot of the player up against the boundary line. So that's why it's a lasso free kick against Xander. Very, very unlucky. And Carly Ramos will end up having the resulting free kick. Thought about going sideways, trying to see what's on inside 50. Now has a option about 15 metres down the line. And that's why she hits up Charlotte Simpson. So Simpson with the football, gets the hurry up from the umpire, gets on the right boot, kicks it to the hot spot, 35 metres out from goal, juggling it, wants to claim it, Paige Scott. Umpire said it was touching the contest, Harding in there, hurry, kick around the corner, one bounce over the boundary line, two metres around from the right-hand point post. It's our chance to get some thoughts from Toby Hanson. So the, so the Pies, are, they've committed to this broadcast side or the city side of the ground, and it hasn't worked for them really once today, whereas the Cats, where they're getting on top is they're more than happy to cut through the middle or switch side. And that's how they're getting these advantages moving forward rather than Collingwood. That's why this ball's just been sitting right in front of our broadcast position as the Pies go to that far side now. Yeah, Bowie didn't get a hold on the kick. And then Isabella Hill trying to charge through. Play on's the call. Hallett goes to ground. It's picked up by Ramos, who sends them back towards the pocket where Skinner had it knocked away. Here comes Hales potentially for disposal number nine. It's another hurried kick out of there. It might work. Coming up to take the mark. Crucial one for Collingwood is Trisha Cowan. Can they try and get out of their back 50 with some sort of purpose now, Collingwood? For one of the rare times today, they're going to head to the outer side. Cowan looking for Dojok, who got there late and knocked it to ground. Jackson was waiting for it, but just had it knocked out of her hands. Karras's handball went nowhere, and then bouncing out of the traffic was Beckley, and then gave it to Shepard, and then Shepard to half forward. Bowie wore the late contact from Pratt, picked up now there by Bowie, who's trying to run herself clear. Spears one low back to the outer side. Beckley couldn't take the mark for Geelong, was there to apply a good tackle and got a little help as well. And we get a ball up on the outer side, just forward of the wing for Geelong. 
Geelong, who are up 2-1-13, leading Collingwood, who are yet to score. King versus Karras. The umpire from a distance blows the whistle and says, there's a player down behind play oh. for Collingwood. I think that was a second whistle as well. Bowie. And I, she's laying on her stomach. Yeah, so I'm, I've missed what's happened there. I don't know if she's been hit or, or collapsed or a late effect from something. But Hannah Bowie, there's a double whistle. Clock is stopped. And the physio chatting to her and the doctor running out as we speak. The only thing I can think is that might have she was the one that kicked that footy out yeah, of the yeah. back 50. She might have got some late contact of some sort, potentially. Again, we don't have the... Uh, Advantage of replay. We don't have all the monitors in front of us here at uh, AIA Centre. So we're just going upon purely what we see live. Hannah Bowie has had four disposals early on for the Magpies. Of course, the uh, the sister of Jake Bowie, who I, I, I think still hasn't played in a loss for the Demons. But in women's football, more famous being the niece of Belinda Bowie, who's played well over 300 games. Yes. In the uh, VWFL slash... VFLW and uh, other suburban football leagues, including AFL Southeast. And uh, she's getting up, which is good news. Yeah, looks like she's okay. And uh, she'll have to come from the ground, and then they'll be able to restart play. For those who have just joined us, Geelong 2-1-13, Collingwood yet to score. And we're very close to quarter time. We have stopped for the double whistle, but when that did go, there was roughly about a minute or so remaining. Again, a reminder as well, our match of the day tomorrow, which also has finals implications, Southern Saints and North Melbourne will be live on air on wharfradio.com from 9am and from vflw.tv from 9.45am, right on bounce down time for that game. If you want an update from the other game that's going on at the moment, Carlton and the Bulldogs heading towards three-quarter time, Carlton lead by near on 11 goals. Oh, dear. All the good work for the Bulldogs have put in over the last month or so, it's all coming uh, undone at the seams uh, in the final match. And they looked at Carlton as, as the possibility of this could be within reach that they get their their only win of the year. No, they, they, they end it as the way they started it. So back underway then as Hannah Bowie makes her way from the field. King for Collingwood just rips it out of there. Pops a little kick down the line. The fist came in from Van Dyke. Oh, bang. In went Charlotte Taylor. Got a handball, but straight to Van Dyke, who nicked it. Up towards the 50. McCulloch just trying to work it to Kane, who was taking the ground in a strong Emily Ramsey tackle that went too high, said the umpire. And so a moment to breathe here for Collingwood as they take the free kick right at centre-half back. It's the Kane plane who looks to the outer side. Maybe a late chance for Collingwood. Dojok in there late. Now it might sit for Taylor, who just bombs one on the boot. In a good position there with Coventry, but she spilt the mark. Now under pressure from Cowan. She's got a mate here in Beckley. Handball to Beckley, who spreads it out wide, and Paige Shepard can go now for the Cats. Shepard looking around for some options on the Amy Park wing. Uh, Lex to go up the line, was looking for Skinner went to, through her hands. Going out the back to try and pick it up on the run. Charlotte Simpson. Simpson well looking for Karras. Got away from her. Sasha Jijakomi's trying to chase after the football. Going to have to try and track down her opponent in Colbinville who gets a hurry kick away. Oh. And when I say hurried, he almost picked out the uh, player from the Geelong side in Simpson who went back to lay a tackle. And just as they were bursting inside 50, the siren has sounded to indicate quarter time. And the Cats, 2-1-13, Collingwood no score, but Toby Hansen, the good thing for Collingwood in this broader picture, not only are they within 13 points and obviously a chance of winning this game with three quarters to play, but the big thing is 
regardless, if they did lose today, they didn't want to get blown out, which would bring North Melbourne into the equation. Yeah, two one go- uh, two goals, one rather, is um, probably a relatively positive outcome in respects to, of course, they're still behind in this game. They're still yet to hit the scoreboard. But, um, yeah, Geelong looked dangerous in that middle period of that quarter and they could have easily blown this game uh, away if it wasn't Collingwood pretty well set up. Um, behind the football, that last line of defence standing up pretty well. But as I alluded to during the quarter, they're, they're just sticking to one side of the ground, so they're not looking for the space on the other side of the ground or up through the guts. So at the start of the quarter, that was the broadcast side. Later in that quarter, that was the Amy Park side um, of the ground. And they're, just, they're not trying anything, anything new. They're not, they're not taking any sort of risk or anything. They just want to kick long down the line. There was that one late there that ended up being... Uh, kicked into a into a two-on-one marking contest. I think it was that favoured Geelong. They got the next kick out and then it was a turnover. So they just, you had Molly Edmund on by herself on the wing who just entered the ground. So it's just it's just spatial awareness, I suppose, but uh, and match awareness. But yeah, it's something that they need to they need to work on because Geelong are doing that so well. They're transitioning so well from half back to half forward. Let's get some of those stats and we'll break it down with Brent Sternberg. Yeah, so Collingwood, Nick Hales with nine disposals, had plenty of it, all of it just about on the last line of defence for Collingwood, who were under the pump for the entire duration of that first term. Uh, Elizabeth Jackson with five disposals and then a few on four. Hannah Bowie, Demi Hallett, Marla Neal and Charlotte Taylor. For the Cats, leading disposal getter, they've got three players all on six. Renee Karras with six disposals and a goal, so a good start for Renee. Isabella Hill with six. Emily Ramsey uh, with six as well. Well, the most telling number in terms of team stats from that first quarter was the inside 50s. In This is at the end of one quarter, 16-4 to four in favour of Geelong. You talk about uh, that for uh, in terms of dominance. Hit outs, 12-3 to three, uh, in favour of the Cats, but we're talking about Collingwood getting it from the clearances, 8-6. to six. So winning it at the coalface, they're getting it out onto the open uh, wings and flanks where Geelong are winning it back and not giving it back. We'll take this opportunity to take a break at quarter time. It's a 13-point lead to Geelong over Collingwood. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. What do you listen to while you wait for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without a barrage of ads and announcers that always want to be the main attraction? Welcome to Turn Back Time Radio, formerly GoRadio.live. We're here 24 hours a day, every day of the year, playing the very best music from the past 70 years. Songs you know, songs you want to sing along with. You can listen at www.turnbacktime.radio or better still, by downloading the free Turn Back Time Radio app for your Apple or Android device. Turn Back Time Radio, great music, great times. It's radio as it should be. It's Anamir's winning gold. Hey, I'm Anna Mears. Winning gold at the Olympics was an incredible feeling. And having my biggest rival, who I'd just beaten, ride up next to me and lift my hand in victory topped off an amazing moment. We'd had our fair share of clashes over the years, but in the end, we both respected each other, and that's what really counts in sport. Be gracious in victory and in defeat. To keep your sport inclusive, safe and fair, go to playbytherules.net.au.
The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit warfradio.com and click on volunteer. That's warfradio.com and click on volunteer. Yes, indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day on VFLW.TV, WARFradio.com and at the Ground Delay Free on 89.1 FM. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg and Toby Hanson with you. Geelong lead at quarter time, 2-1-13 to Collingwood, uh, no score. And as you may have heard in that little break that we have there, uh, our little community service announcement break, just to allow us some time to refresh ourselves. Uh, if you are a women's football or a coach that looks to get involved in the women's footy media and do some commentary with us, uh, you can email us, volunteer at WARFradio.com. ARFradio.com. That's volunteer at WARFradio.com. I did have one email during the week. I've got to get back to that. But uh, so far, we've had the privilege of having the last few weeks the likes of Peter Searle join us in the commentary box and Aaron Mead, the captain of Weemstown. And we look into a few more of them uh, uh, during the final series. And sign up and give it a crack because you could not be any worse than Peter and I. <laughs> Speak for myself, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just yeah. li- give you enough rope just to, you know, see <laughs> what you do with that. for itself. Uh, Toby Hanson, um, the Cats again, uh, thirteen points up. Maybe feel like they should be a little further ahead considering their dominance. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a fair assessment. They had. We we're looking at. Uh, I think you said it was sixteen to four for the inside fifties. That's that's ridiculous. Um, to only have two goals. One from that is. Is not great, but they're, yeah, their pressure's been unreal. I think I saw the stat of, yeah, Ramos, seven tackles to quarter time. Um, it's one of those days where they're, they're sort of dominant, but they're not doing the whole the, the hard work at the ground level. It's the Collingwood players that are getting down on the ground level. They're winning the football. They're winning the clearances at the minute, but it's just so easy for Geelong just to win the football back, and it's, it's their game at the minute. Away we go then for the second quarter, Olympic Park. Collingwood trailing by 13 points. Geelong all over them in that first term, and they might come out of the middle again, although Karras's handball couldn't link up with Shear. And now a tackle applied in there by Sarah King on Renee Karras. Six disposals and a goal in that opening term for Renee Karras, who kicked her first goal since the qualifying final against Collingwood last year. Can she win a clearance here? King it was, it was for Collingwood that picked it up. Emmond worried out of it. Well done there by... Uh, that was Hill who just lost possession of the football. Scramble for the footy right in the middle of the park. Marla Neal not allowed to go anywhere there by Carly Remos. She can put that down with tackle number eight. Seven tackles in the first quarter for Carly Remos. It was quite extraordinary as Hallett applies one in there for Collingwood and the umpire says it was in the back and here comes Chloe Shear to get a disposal. Quiet start for Chloe. Chloe goes for a run, gets on the right boot, piercing kick to go inside 50. Oh, oh strong grab. There she Taken is. Taken by Paige Scott. <laughs> Player on the marks, 45 metres out from goal. Scott's looking to go for a pass, wants to go for a little Ooh. dinky one. Oh, it was dropped at the crucial moment there by Mia Skinner. Has to go back and again. Got around her opponent. Skinner with a dribbling kick away to the right-hand side. It just manages to get over the line and will register as a minor score. Geelong 2-2-14. Collingwood yet to score. Early stage of second term on WARFradio.com. Gee, I tell you what, how about the set of hands for Paige Scott? It just looks so confident when she goes up to bring it out of the sky. 
Hales with another disposal for Collingwood, but it'll be coming back as Sarah King got beaten there by Karras, who is now being called to play on, and Sarah King has not heard the call. Just like Chad Warner last night at the SCG. Don't mention the war, Peter. Come short <laughs> here and a mark's taken for the Cats by Charlotte Simpson in VFLW game number three. She's called to play on, runs around Hales on the mark. Kicks a little bit crooked. It goes to the goal square. Collingwood, oh, gee, just about a mark. It's a terrific mark, in fact, taken in there by uh, Olivia Storer, who has it right on the last line of defence for Collingwood. Storer looking for the options, and she wants to go towards the Amy Park side of oh. the pocket. Oh, looking for Marla Neal. Was at her feet. Wasn't all that flash ever. Tried to get a hurried hand pass out. Carly Ramos gets in Trouble. There. Ramos just defended away on the goal line there by Ricardo like a goalkeeper. Yeah. And we'll see it reflected through for a minor score. 2-3-15 Geelong. Collingwood yet to score. We get some thoughts from Toby Hanson. Yeah, it's been an interesting start, but Geelong come out of the woodwork with their marking really early. A couple of excellent marks and Sarah King probably before probably could have made a contest of that but just got sucked in under the ball and that's exactly who they're going to go to now. Ricardo again from the kick in looking for that King and Karras combination. Neither could get the mark. Shepard just having trouble getting out of the Marlon tackle and now we've got another a pile up. In fact I think we might get a boundary throw in about 80 or so around from Geelong's goal. It is the Cats who lead 2-3-15. Collingwood yet to score. On the Amy Park side of the ground, of course, we've got a big football match coming up at that ground later tonight. Geelong here to win it from the stoppage. Ramsey, left foot kick inside 50. Weston in a good position, but completely missed it. Now playing a tackle in there, Di Giacomi. Shepard might have fallen in the back of Ricardo. Umpire says, yes, I agree with you up there, commentator. And so a free kick for Collingwood in defence. It's going the way of young Georgia Ricardo. Yeah, I was just looking at the other side of the ground. I see about 50 people over there, which is about double the size of the Melbourne City supporter base. Oh, oh blow. Oh, blow. Half forward oh. flank of all the cats. And oh, just through the hands there of Simpson, who couldn't hold on to it. Went back in for the second crack, still on hands and knees. Want to give off a little hand pass. Worked out okay to Ramos, who wanted to pull the kick at the last moment for me. Skinner, three bank pass for her to beat. Ball got smacked away from her. Still, though, with the Cats. Shepard chased out the hand pass. Now to Mia oh. Skinner. Can't get it to bend back. Will only go through for a minor score. They're peppering away. Geelong, 2-4-16. Collingwood yet to score. And I know North Melbourne are intently watching. Someone sent me from a text in the North Melbourne camp, and they just simply said, go Cats. <laughs> it's interesting that Mia Skinner couldn't get that one on target. Four goals last week and all of them from that same sort of region in the pocket around the body. Collingwood short from the kick in. It's in the hands of Liv Storer in the left back pocket as the sun greets us at Olympic Park this afternoon. Kick looking for Neil who was just beaten to it there by her opponent. Good kick forward there by Karras and a mark number five taken by Scott who runs to the boundary and bombs one to the goal oh. square. That is an outstanding Paige Scott goal. Oh, man, she's dangerous. That was brilliant. That Boy. was absolutely brilliant. I was, I was thinking during, the, uh, during that sort of passage of play, this, this stop-starty sort of style of game that both teams are, are applying to is, is probably working in, in Geelong's favour um, at the minute because they're just, they can just break so easily and, and ridiculous stuff like that. Six. Um, was that, Sorry, uh, Toby. No, no, no. Now I'm stumped. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Sixth goal of the season for Paige Scott, of course, kicked a bag of five against Darabin a couple of weeks ago. She ran to the boundary then to just make it a bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. Too easy running a straight line towards yeah. the sticks. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves. One for the highlights tape when it comes around to draft night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, how disciplined are our teammates there just to shepherd the ball over the line as well? 
Scolia going up against Matza in the contest this time around. She tried to get a hand pass away. Got absolutely flattened. Bowie over around the football for the Pies. Comes out. It's going to be a catch ball. Putting it in towards the uh, well direction of Ramos there on the half-forward flank position. Oh. Got spoiled from behind. That was excellent work. Just overrunning it there. And having to go back again was McCulloch. That's Umpire says that's a trip and that's going to be a free kick going the way of Geelong. Oh, and, no. And you're not happy about that, are you? <laughs> McKeegan, right in front of our broadcast position. McKeegan now goes towards the half-forward flank position, juggling football. No one can bring it in. Scholar was lurking around there. Matza jumps in as well. Jackson wants to try and get involved in the contest. Now comes out, but only as far as the Cats at centre-half forward. Hurry, little kick away. Well, under pressure by Beckley. Goes inside 50 because it was off the side of the boot. Woodford's it was an easy down. mark to Bowie. And a player down. Yeah, Aaron Woodford. Woodford has just hit the ground and hit the ground hard. I was just going to say on that umpiring call, oh. a bit too much Peter Seal rubbing off on me. <laughs> <laughs> and, this uh, is a worry. So yeah. the double whistle has just been blown. Now, did she... Because, again, on my, my eyes immediately diverted forward where the ball went, as we do as a commentator. We don't have the advantage of replay in front of us. I was thinking, did she get brought down in a tackle and her head hit the ground first? Yeah. So I did see a tackle being laid on as the ball moved out. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a, a thumping sort of well, at least from from this perspective, from my perspective, there were a few players in front of it, but it didn't look like it was a massive dump into the ground rather than just I guess the motion of the tackle and, and um was knocked into is knocked her head into the into the turf. But maybe it is a little bit more serious than, than it looked, so but yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's all too bad because it just didn't that the one before about actually looked worse from behind the ball um and she's starting to get up now here but Erin Woodford in the hands of the doctors and physio yeah, young lady from the Oakley Chargers and Blackburn footy club as well in the uh, NAB under 18 team of the year this year too so now, she must have no 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 it looks like a leg injury knee. yeah yeah, yeah. so let's let's just hope again that it's a, just a knock or something like that, and uh, they're able to say she's back in a few weeks. Uh, we're certainly hoping it's not something long-term and, and serious. But Erin uh, Woodford to come from the ground means Collingwood will be playing at least uh, one player down. And uh, we just repeat the scoreboard. Geelong 3-4-22, Collingwood no score. And what that means, again, Brendan Rhodes on the AFL website said approximately there's an 88-point gap between Collingwood and North Melbourne, plus obviously North need Collingwood to lose and North win tomorrow. As it stands at the moment, if Collingwood lose and the scoreboard was frozen at this moment, North would need to win by 66 points. So at the moment, every Geelong goal makes it a bit easier for North Melbourne tomorrow. Hannah Bowie will get things back underway with a kick out of the back 50 for Collingwood. It's a bit of a floater. Sheer in with the fist. Knocked it down, but Xander roved it well. Another Geelong player just down off the ball. A little bit sore as Dojok's beaten by a rotten bounce. Now it's Beckley. Knew she had Van Dyke for company. Had fed a handball to her and then Van Dyke went to the outer side. The only Collingwood player there fell over and Geelong now. The door is open for them. DJ Comey, goal kicker already. Well, well done. Bowie coming across in front of Karras but couldn't take the mark. And now Collingwood are going to have a free kick for... No, no holding, holding the ball. The ball. Wow. Interesting decisions coming out here today. And a free kick for the Cats. 
And a little poking one looking for DJ Comey. Wasn't the best kick, but gathered it on the bounce and then gave it back to Pratt, I think that was, who sent one to the goal square. Harding and brought it down. Gave it to Skinner. Skinner didn't quite get enough on it to the goal square. Still not out of danger yet, the Maggies, although they might be now. Matsu with a kick back towards the 50. Not quite an intercept mark there. A good effort by McKeegan, who knocked it to Remos and then... Deneen kick smothered by the oncoming Xander and now spinning free Remos again. Wobbles one back towards the 50. Bouncing ball plucked out of there by Karras. Off to Hardingham. That is a oh. behind for the Cats that really oh. deserved a goal. That was great team footy. They probably could have snagged maybe two goals out of that out of that play, but it's ended up only just being the one behind. It's interesting, Collingwood. They just can't seem to break for. They're spreading across that 50 a lot more now. I think North supporters are throwing things at their screen at the moment, going, come on, Geelong, you should be about six yeah. goals up about now. They really should. As Nicole Hales has the ball in the back pocket, wants to go with a short kick looking for Xander, who takes the mark in front of Hardingham. Xander with the football, back pocket, broadcast side here at AIA Centre. Wants to try and take Whoop. on Hardingham, dances around her. Now gets on the right boot, goes towards the centre wing, trying to find Cowan, maybe a little tug of the jump yeah. umpire, missed that, play on. Now ends up with Scholar for the Cats, pumps it inside, 50, nothing really to go to, and Ricardo takes an easy mark. Karras will stand the mark as Ricardo just looks around for some options. Weston was one of them that wanted to present, elected just to go up the line instead, looking for Matza, and it's to outmark Scholar on that occasion. Matza still at the halfback flank here on our broadcast side. Gets on the left boot, looking for the Jackson direction. Slipped through the hands there of Simpson, who probably should have swallowed it for the Cats, though. Simpson wanted to go back in for a second crack at it. Also, and there is Lizzie Dowling. Ball still in dispute. Few questions being asked, and the umpire says no, no advantage to either side. I will take the football back and call for a ball up and get some thoughts from Toby Hanson. Can I just say, Toby, I'm not sure that they're working hard enough, Collingwood. Whenever you get a situation yeah, like that, yeah. it's all Geelong at the fall of Oh, I thought they're de uh, Demi Haller, they were absolute ball, a wrecking ball, uh, just coming through um, that that passage of play. But I think I think you're right. I think the Collingwood players are sort of just rolling through the motions at the minute. There's not too much fight we're seeing from them. I think the Cats, are, they're pretty happy with with the current standing of the game. So they're happy just to go forward and just let the, the ball go through the motions. But the Pies, they're just not showing enough fight for a, for a, the ball to get past their their uh, Ford 50. Remos couldn't get out of there for Geelong, so a ball up at the 50. She's back in there again, Remos. She's held up by both Jackson and Marla Neal. And the umpire says holding the ball. Free kick going Collingwood's way. And this is uh, Elizabeth Jackson, who has it just outside the back 50 at left half back for Collingwood. Collingwood who trail by 23 points. Kick down the line. Cowan at the back might find it. Bragg just ran underneath it for the Cats. Schooler trying to get it to Shepherd. And now here's Bragg right on the boundary line with black and white all around her. And she's coughed it up. Cowan kick back into the middle of the ground. Along with the numbers here. Running onto it. Taken by Pratt who took all day oh, to get rid of it. And then threw it away. The umpire said play on. And now onto the boot quickly there. Hardingham. Dowling trying to punch it away for the Cats. Collingwood just trying to lift here at Olympic Park. But not going anywhere there. It was Colborne Veal who hasn't seen much of it. We'll get a ball up. Centre wing broadcast side. Some of these decisions, I think, uh, on Yes Minister, they'd call them brave decisions, Minister. As the ball is uh, now with Gowan, who gets immediately wrapped up here by Deneen. The umpire will ask for the football back. But mind you, we just had the benefit of hindsight of being able to see the ball directly. The umpire was blindsided on a few of those occasions as the ball goes up in the air again. 
One down on this occasion by Scholar. Now taken away by Hallett. Oh, it was immediately smothered off her boot. Well done in that situation by Hill. Hill now managed to team Whoop. up with Ramsey. Mr. Target has to go back again. And then slipped and fell on her Kuiper pass. Going in there is <laughs> Hannah Fowley. Dojok tries to get a hand pass going backwards. Worked out okay momentarily. Kane tried to put it hurriedly on the boot. Wants to put it in the Dematio direction. Dematio oh, held up. Wanted to get a little hand pass away. Bauer is running by. Dojok goes in there. Dojok shrugged one tackle. Couldn't shrug the other one. Ball spilled out again. Geelong half-back flank at the moment. Amy Park side of the ground. Going in there and getting immediately wrapped up. I think might have been Stora. The umpire will come in and call for the ball back. Scoreboard. Geelong 3-5-23. Collingwood no score. Pies got a, got away with a couple of those ones there. The ball just uh, holding up a little bit for the Cats players. So hopefully they can break forward and get onto the scoreboard. Yeah, out of there goes Marlon Neal. Really well placed kick. It was actually touched off the boot. And so the mark to Cowan not paid. Trying to go again there, Marlon Neal. Paddled it onto a teammate who was wrapped up immediately by Bragg. And Collingwood will have a ball up at centre-half forward. As soon as I mention that they're not quite working hard enough, they're now really trying to click up through the gears, Collingwood. But they need a goal. No score as we're getting on now in the second quarter. Kane trying to step out of there. Taken by, uh, that was the young Kalini schooler with a nice tackle. We'll do it all again still. It's Collingwood about 50 out from goal. Cats still by 23 points. Ball on the bottom of the pack. Hallett wraps up. Paige Shepard. Mats are in there to help as well. We'll do it all again. Centre half forward for the Magpies. Let's see if we can break over in the play here as the umpire clears the way, looks at the nominating rucks and throws it high in the air. One out by Schooler. Barry went through first, couldn't pick up the football. Ramsey now got it, quickly put on the left boot. Wanted to try and swing it around the corner. Getting to the fall of the ball first and trying to keep it in front of herself was McCulloch. Did well for the Pies and ended up getting it towards the half-forward flank position. Now getting the kick away after being dumped. Amy Kane towards the forward pocket to Matteo is from behind. Wants to try and chase down a Geelong opponent. Hurried her into the kick and the ball went over the boundary line and out of bounds. Seen over by Deneen. Just inside the 50 will have a throw in about 49 metres out from the Collingwood goal. They're going to left the screen. That's the Olympic Boulevard end. Collingwood have not scored yet in this game. Here in the second term. As the ball is thrown back into play, now brought down by Schooler once again in the contest. It's Ramos comes in to lay another tackle. And the umpire blows the whistle and says, it's going nowhere, we'll call for a ball up. Just having a look at Erin Woodford's ankle down there, Toby. Yeah, and I saw Demi Halleck came off sort of holding onto her, onto her arm as well. So um, a couple of players to look out, but yeah, I think Woodford's just getting it, getting it strapped up and probably bit of resistance into it, getting it right. Neil from the go. stoppage, sorry Toby, got it to Emmond who had a couple of teammates there but it's just gone a bit too wide and bounced out of play and out by Lasso it is. And so Geelong will have the uh, free kick, the resulting free kick at left half back. The Cats 3-5-23. Collingwood yet to score. They're going to retreat here. Geelong, oh gee, it's an untidy kick. And the umpire is calling for a boundary throw in and they've effectively given Collingwood an inside 50 there for free the Cats so Woodford's getting iced up um, at the at the interchange um, gate so her day is done and the Pies are two less on the bench now, did, I'm sorry Toby there's a bit of confusion here I think the player actually played on out of bounds and then kicked it backwards and so the boundary throw in is actually taking place just outside the arc we've got to get that right Remos from the stoppage.
Got the handball back and then the kick was smothered by Bowie. Emmon now just trying to knock it back to Bowie. It was clever, but Bowie's got nowhere to go. Got a handball. Looking there for the debutante, McCulloch, who was outnumbered. In goes Emmon. McCulloch goes back in to apply another tackle. It's Emmon who has the footy on the bottom of the pack out in the sunshine there on the far side of Olympic Park. We'll get another ball up at about right half forward for Collingwood. And the ball is thrown up in the air. One out by Scholar again. This time coming through there is Counter. Trying to get a hurried hand pass away. Intercepted. Getting the hurry kick there is Lizzie Dowling. Going to about 20 metres. And maybe a little bit of holding going off the football by Diakomi. The umpire said no. It was okay. In goes Marlon Hill on the bottom of the deck. She gets rolled over and the umpire says no opportunity and will call for a ball up. 3-5-23 Geelong. Collingwood yet to score under four minutes remaining in this second term here at Olympic Park Oval. It is Jackson who gets it across to Neela to strike the tackle, who got it to King, who quickly put it on the boot and uh, put it virtually straight down the throat of Hill. So Isabella Hill with the football. Back pocket for the Cats. Got to be pinpoint perfect with the kick. She is. Finds her teammate who will go for a run here. And Simpson wants to kick it into... Pardon me, it's Simpson now. as Bragg originally. who kicked it in the Simpson direction. Close towards the centre oh. circles. Bowie! Meat in the sandwich. And the umpire said, you got taken high. And here's a free kick for your troubles. Right in the middle of Olympic Park. Collingwood pushing there. Looking for a late goal. Bowie inside 50. Finally, Collingwood have numbers. But most of them flew and not many of them stayed down. Xander now arriving. Trying to break free. Isabella Hill holding on to Matilda Xander for dear life. Collingwood get a ball up, about 40 out from goal. We're approaching 18 minutes gone in the second quarter. Emmett with a flying shot towards full forward. It'll bounce into the behind post. And so Collingwood will wait a little while longer for their first score, but they do have a boundary throw in deep in attack in the left forward pocket. Are they a chance here, Toby? Uh, oh, of course they are. I guess so, yeah. They're, they're yet to get on the score, but they're probably a chance. It seemed very crowded around that forward that sort of forward uh, 25 metre arc. I haven't quite put them away in this first half. The Cats from Collingwood get a late one against the grain. Neil got it to a teammate who tried to get it to King and now Bowie trying to find a way through. Just had it knocked out of her hands. Dojock there for Collingwood went in to apply a tackle. I reckon we'll get a ball up. Well, the umpire waving his arm saying play on. He thinks it's going to come out and it might just. Although Dojock again stood up in the tackle. Probably Blow the whistle, I reckon, umpire. Eventually it has come out. DiMatteo, Geelong defender all over her. Neil, Emmond, kicks bounced. Oh, and then found its way to Kane, oh. who had her kick smothered there by, uh, that was Harningham, or rather McKee. And now King just trying to stick her big leg at it. They're going backwards, the Cats. Kane, oh, swung a big leg at it and got absolutely nothing. And we've got a free kick out of here. It's going the Cats way on the last line of defence. It'll go via Paige Shepherd. Yeah, the umpire from a distance spotted and adjudicated it is kicking in danger. Yeah, right, OK. And they go to Elise Coventry in the back pocket on the broadcast side. Got a player on here. And taking it is Isabella Hill with plenty of space. Hill took it in front of Xander. Hill now gets on the right boot, going in the Mia Skinner direction. Got a little nudge there from Weston. Weston goes back again, run up against the boundary line. Hand pass to Emmon, who got dumped. She tried to get a kick away. Karras went without the football, overrunning it there. Deneen didn't realise it was there. In comes Emmon again with help from Jackson. And the umpire says, going nowhere, we'll call for a ball up. 23-point lead to the Cats here, nearing halftime on wolfradio.com and vflw.tv. Ball hit the ground. King got the hand pass to Emmon. One-step kick towards the half-forward flank, 50 metres out from goal, was trying to find Damadio, came off her hands. Cats a chance now to try and clean it up. 
This is Bragg. Got to spin out of trouble. Gave to a teammate. Step around the corner with the kick. Jackson from the spoiling weapon behind against Hill. Hill went back in for the second crack at it. Got dumped. She tried to get a kick away. Umpire said apparently play on. Now Neil with the kick. Goes inside 50. Dojok's lurking nearby. They can get it to her. They can't. Cowan wants to fight for the football as well. Ball on the deck. Who wants to get it out? Nobody according to the umpire. So let's call for a ball up. Of course, remember, we will, we'll have a little bit of extra time after that stoppage for the Erin Woodford injury. It looks like she's done for the day. Collingwood in attack late here in the opening half. Good tackle applied in there by, it was uh, Amy Kane and Demi Hallett. Demi Hallett, who is number two in the league this season for uh, tackles, total tackles and tackles per game. Karras trying to get it out of there. Couldn't for the Cats, and now Hallett's gone in and uh, she's being tackled this time rather than doing the tackling. Ramos, who... We'll remind you, had seven tackles in the opening quarter. That's a beast of a battle, that one, between Remos and Hallett, and they're going at it again. Remos trying to step free. Now Hallett's got her. That's going to be a ball up. Gee, I thought she might have taken on the tackler. Ball up, 25 out from goal. Collingwood knocking on the door. Umpire throws the football up in the air again. One out by Karras. Hurry kick away by the Cats. Still won't go outside their 50. Umpire said there's a push out in the contest, and it will be a Magpies free kick. It's going the way of Charlotte Taylor. Player on the mark is 44 metres out from goal. Taylor looking around. What will she do? She elects to go long on this. The siren sounded. She was half in the mind of having a shot or... Well, this is interesting. Having a shot or um, going for a pass. Yeah, I think she was passing She probably off. needed the siren yeah. to go a few seconds the, early. The reason why I paused there for a second was the ball did dribble over the point line and try to be knocked in, and all eyes were on the goal umpire. The goal umpire looked at the field umpire, and he waved it off and said no. Right. So, again, like I'd like to look back at the replay of that, or we'll have to do after the broadcast. <laughs> but, yeah, I was just trying to think, did that actually get over the line? There was that, yeah, that last yeah. second scoop back out. Yeah, that yeah. Maybe, maybe it didn't. Um, but but I th that looked like a, that did look like a pass. If that was a pass, probably could have easily sent that through the big sticks. But you're probably right, Brent. Um, they needed the, the siren. The Collingwood needed the siren to go two needed, seconds earlier. Needed the siren yeah. to go to help her make up her yeah. mind. But. Oh, exactly, exactly. So Collingwood remain scoreless at half time. Remember, they need to win to hold on to sixth spot or, as we said, not have a big loss and then hope that North Melbourne, if North Melbourne win, don't catch up to their percentage. But as it sits at the moment, Geelong on 3-5-23 means Geelong are favourites to hold fourth spot and will host a home final against the Southern Saints. North Melbourne look at the situation as it stands, knowing that, right, we will need to win tomorrow and at this present moment we'll need to win by 11 goals. Does Collingwood not scoring today affect the percentage? Not when you take it across the whole season's okay. stretch. Okay. So, but, um, it, it, you know, if it was a standalone game, of course, zero means no percentage. Yeah, yeah. But when you take into account all yeah. the games added up together as a number. But at the moment, North fans will be probably tearing their hair out. Like I said, during that quarter, they're probably thinking Geelong should be six goals up, which would mean... All of a sudden, their margin's down to about eight goals and looking a lot rosier. But as it sits at the moment, Geelong have a home final against the Saints and North at the moment know they have to win by 11 goals. Every time Geelong stretches out the lead, helps North Melbourne. Probably just started to go up a gear a little bit in the second half of that second quarter, Collingwood. They've won the ball from the coalface a lot, but 
a little bit better in terms of getting the ball out in the open spaces. Had it a lot more in their forward 50 late on there, but there's a little bit of a, I think there's a little bit of a golfing class, to be honest, when either team gets it um, from the stoppage and then their ability to be able to spread the ball and keep possession of it. Yeah, do you, yeah, I, yeah, do you think Collingwood looked better in that, that second, that last part of that second quarter? Because they just, I don't know, yeah, you're 100% right. When they were going forward, they looked good. I think there's probably two things there. Forward 50 was, or that 425, whatever that little arc is. Um, they're probably too crowded in that space. And I think uh, Nike Dojok is playing too high up when they're going forward. So the ball's coming in. They're going to have to go a little bit shorter, whereas they could have had a long booming kick and had a one-on-one contest, which is a pretty good mark. We've seen her for a few weeks now. Um, and... Yeah, so I think those two things, when they're going forward, they're struggling a little bit, but uh, they were definitely a better, a much better side in that last sort of 10 minutes or so. So th- some of the individual ball getters for Collingwood still, it's Nick Hales with 12 disposals leading all comers in the black and the white. Marla Neal had a big second quarter. She's up to 10. Molly Emmond with nine as well. And then Hannah Bowie, Charlotte Taylor and Matilda Zander all with a seven for the Cats. Paige Shepherd's got up to 13 disposals now. Renee Karras still number two for the Cats with 11 disposals uh, and a goal. She's only got six hit outs. She's getting beaten in the ruck but really hurting them around the ground. Uh, Isabella Hill with 10, Emily Ramsey with 10 as well and then Elise Coventry and Carly Remos with 8. In terms of the overall disposal numbers, it's Geelong on top 129 to 110. Inside 50 still dominant in the uh, the way of the Cats 25 to 10. Not a lot of free kicks in that opening half. Six apiece generally we'd see yeah. almost double that by half time at this level. Hit outs, Collingwood evened it up uh, a little bit uh, there in the second quarter, 23 to 16. Clearances still Collingwood, 15 to 14. Now have a look at the tackles as well. Geelong well out in front, 46 to 30. So good heat coming from Geelong. Goal kickers at uh, half time again. Karras, DG Akomi and Scott are the goal kickers. Pardon me for tripping up. I've had three hours sleep coming off an overnight <laughs> shift at work. The brain is just slowly catching up. Geelong 3-5-23 league. Collingwood no score at halftime. We'll take this opportunity to take a break and we'll be back with the second half right after this. Even when everything is going great, the black dog of depression can sneak up on you. You're not alone. One in seven Australians are feeling just like you. But there is hope available. The Black Dog Institute provides information on diagnosis, treatment and prevention of mental illnesses like depression, bipolar disorder and anxiety. If the Black Dog is hounding you, visit blackdoginstitute.org.au for real help and support. Black Dog Institute. Putting health in mind. Bored in retirement? Join Probus. If you want more out of retirement, join your local Probus Club and start having fun with like-minded people. Probus Clubs are non-fundraising and purely social, so all they do is concentrate on enjoying retirement. There are hundreds of Probus Clubs, with new ones opening almost every month. So find a Probus Club near you today by visiting probussouthpacific.org or calling 1300 630 488. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. 
Storms are Australia's most costly natural disaster. Getting prepared now is the best way to protect people and to minimise damage to your property. Keep your gutters, downpipes and drains clear and stash any loose items in yards or on balconies. Trim any trees and branches hanging too close to your house and keep your roof in good repair. For emergency help, call the SES on 132500. Hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elmer's Elmer. And we're here to talk about driveways. Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for play. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're in. Oh, here I come, <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. Been playing for a while, sweet kicks. Cause footy makes you smile, sweet kicks football. If you're getting ready for the trials, gotta go the extra mile, sweet kicks football. Hearing that sweet sound when you kick the ball? Need to develop your footwork or explosive speed? Want to take the next step in your footy career? Then you need Sweet Kicks. More info on our Facebook page or go to our website, sweetkicksfootballacademy.com.au. Gotta go the extra mile. Sweet Kicks Football. Every day, in many ways, the Royal Flying Doctor Service takes the finest care to Australia's furthest corners so that all Australians can enjoy the best of health. The Royal Flying Doctor Service has been taking care of Australians for over 80 years. But we still need your help to continue providing emergency rescue and essential health care to remote and rural communities. Make a donation or become a supporter and help keep the Flying Doctor flying. Jess. And I'm Lisa from the Veronica's for Rad. Recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. What does it mean to be a designated driver? It means you're the friend who's agreed not to drink, not the person who's had the least to drink. It's cool to do and it shows you care about your friends. If you screw up just once, then your life changes forever. Face it, their lives are in your hands. So why don't you and your friends take it in turns to be the designated driver when you go out? You'll make the road safer for all of us. What do you listen to while you wait for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without a barrage of ads and announcers that always want to be the main attraction? Welcome to Turn Back Time Radio, formerly GoRadio.live. We're here 24 hours a day, every day of the year, playing the very best music from the past 70 years. Songs you know, songs you want to sing along with. You can listen at www.turnbacktime.radio or better still by downloading the free Turnback Time Radio app for your Apple or Android device. Turnback Time Radio, great music, great times. It's radio as it should be. Hi, I'm Frances Peters Little, daughter of legendary singer Jimmy Little. My dad was just like everyone else with chronic kidney disease. He fought it hard for years, but eventually it took his life. My dad would want you to know that kidney disease affects about 60,000 of our mob, but worse still, 9 out of 10 people don't even know they have it. 
So, even if you don't think you have any health issues, do yourself and your family a favour and ask your doctor or local AMS to check your kidneys. Hi, I'm Vanessa Lowe, long jump gold medalist and world record holder. When I was 15, I was waiting to catch my train. In a split second, my life changed. As the train arrived, the crowd surged forward. I was too close to the platform edge, lost my balance and fell into the path of the oncoming train. I was in a coma for two weeks and it took two years to walk again. So please, stand back, look up and stay rail safe. The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit warfradio.com and click on volunteer. That's warfradio.com and click on volunteer. It's women's Aussie rules, they're doing what they love. They're fast and tough, don't mess with them because they can get rough. Are you ready for the challenge? Are you ready for the mess? It's the call of the game. It's the VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's the Indeed, it is the VFL Women's Match of the Day here on WARFradio.com at the ground. Delay free on 89.1 FM and on VFLW.tv. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg and Toby Hansen with you here at AIA Centre Olympic Park Oval. We're at halftime. Geelong 3-5-23. Lee Collingwood no score. Earlier today, uh, Carlton smashed the Bulldogs. Hawthorne just got over the line against Williamstown and Essendon defeated Casey in a uh, one-goal thriller. And coming out of Essendon-Casey game, an interesting food for thought. You mentioned during our pre-game show how Nanscorn only had 12 disposals. Apparently Shelley Heath went to her oh. and did the tagging job. But as someone at Essendon mentioned, they go, with only 12 disposals from Nanscorn, probably wouldn't be many coaches votes out of that in her neck and neck race which would suggest would put Hannah Stewart of the Southern Saints in the box seat tomorrow yes we'll see her tomorrow and both of the obviously we know for the closing few rounds those votes have gone behind closed doors yeah and uh, in that game last week and then in the Southern Saints I have no doubt that both of those ladies most likely would have uh, would have uh, polled in that game so that's going to be a fair old finish if Hannah Stewart can have a blinder tomorrow that, I think, would absolutely put a bow on it for her. It would be bad news for uh, Collingwood as well, wouldn't it? Well, if, uh, uh, so, Sorry, well, for no, North no, Melbourne, I should say. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. For, for Collingwood, though, we'd be loving yes. it if Hannah Stewart had a uh, sensational <laughs> game today. Uh, Pummy, uh, tomorrow when we're out there at uh, Sandringham. Umpire's out on the ground now. Both sides are out there. We should be about uh, two to three minutes away from a uh, bounce down. So how does this second half play out, Toby Hanson, uh, particularly how that second quarter ended? Do you feel like finally Collingwood has stopped Geelong's run and might be able to chip into this lead? Or do we see that maybe that's all Collingwood had and Geelong could blow them out at the start of this quarter? Yeah, I was, I was pondering on that at, at halftime, actually, as we were sitting in here at the ballroom at, at uh, the glass house. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that 3-5 lead is, is a bit... 
I don't know. I, I feel like it's just a little bit out of reach. I'm happy to be proven wrong. More than happy I tip the pie, so I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. Um, but I just I think Geelong are going to run over them a little bit. Uh, I think Pies put up a good fight in this third term, and, and then I think we might see Geelong storm home. But there's really good signs in that in that last uh, period, that last 10 minutes or so of that second quarter, Brent. The reason that it feels like a bigger margin than 23 points is because Colling ha- Collingwood haven't really looked like scoring, yeah. have they? I mean, mm. they you know they were able to get the ball in their 50 and, and at least you know, give some of their players that play behind the ball a bit of a, a bit of respite, but. But uh, uh, don't forget, they're going to be down a rotation as well. So this is going to take a mighty second half for Collingwood, who really might just be operation, try and uh, save the percentage a little bit and make it as hard as they can for North Melbourne tomorrow. That might just be the, uh, you know, all they can do in this second half. Erin Woodford, of course, has uh, had her ankle uh, iced up. Uh, she is that came... who I said? Did I say Woodford? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did? And, oh, and yeah. came in for Katie Lee, yeah. who was the uh, out. We thought there might have been a Smith and Western swap as well. That was according to what we saw on the app, but no, Weston is playing. We're in the number 76 for Collingwood. The other swap of course was on the Geelong side. Uh, Chloe Leonard came out and Keely Hardingham came in for her. Not too far away from a bounce down for the second half here at AIA Centre Olympic Park Oval. Don't forget there's also another game on today if you continue watching on VFLW.TV but we'll be with our commentary. That is at 4pm. That is Port Melbourne and Darabin right here on this same website. But to get you underway for this third quarter, here's Brent Sternberg. So it'll be Karras and Grace Matzer starting in the ruck for Collingwood. Karras, who had a fantastic opening half for Geelong. 11 disposals and a goal. The first goal that she kicked since the qualifying final between those two last year. We go for quarter number three, and Chloe Shear, who had only three disposals in the first half, gets one here. It's an absolute beauty as well. Hill sends Geelong on their way inside 50. Scott and Hales go to ground. Scott trying to knock the ball free and keep it in motion. It might come to Paige Scott in the end, who got it to Simpson. Simpson couldn't handball it through the two Collingwood players that were descending on her, and then the Pies with a rush kick to the outer side. Hill and Karras are there. Karras picked it up, got a good uh, shepherd there from Hill. Now... Uh, it is Paige Shepherd herself who's trying to find Chloe Shear who's on the bottom of the pack trying to get it out. Collingwood descending with numbers. Here's Xander. Let it for uh, let it go there for Jackson who's kicking in the uh, direction of Nike Dojok who can't get away from McKee. Trying to get a handball. Looking for Marlon Neal. A big contest there between Neal and Remos. Neal did well to get it to Dojok who can use her pace down the outer wing. Used every bit of it as well. Kick inside 50. King comes rumbling, bumbling, stumbling out of the goal square and won it for Collingwood and gave it to Dematteo who kicks inside 50 in a disappointing end. Well the mark taken by Hill wasn't touched. paid the mark, touched off the boot, and then the umpire gives her the benefit of the doubt and says, I'll ball it up 35 out from goal. Great result there for Collingwood getting a ball up uh, 25 metres or so away from home. So, Dojok, she looked good in that passage of play as well. Hopefully she can get one here. Karras did the ruck work on that occasion. Huntingham tried to fire out the hand pass. Beckley get on the end of it. Brought down by Jackson. Got a hand pass away in the nick of time. Got into the ump. Now coming out with it is Paige Scott who got the hand pass in towards the middle of the ground. Gigi Okami just threw her opponent aside. Got the football back. Almost got brought down herself. Got a little hand pass away. Still in the centre of the ground. Taylor just hurriedly put it on the boot. Wanted to go down the line. Went to a two-on-one situation. The one almost won out on that occasion. The umpire says, nope, going nowhere. I'll ask for the football back and call for a ball. Up. Another issue here, Collingwood. Colburnville, I think it is, that hit the ground hard. And uh, we'll just get up. I mean, it wasn't Colburnville, it was Amy Kane. And she'll shrug that off. 
Ball up in the air once again. Matza versus Karras. Matza won it with a tap over the back of the head. Was momentarily a Geelong ball until it got coughed up. Now it's on the mob in the deck and it's a raffle. Whoever wants it, one of those players in there is Xander and the umpire says, I'll take it back and restart the play. Just on the attacking side of the square for Collingwood. Good use of the body there, Xander, just pushing Shepard past the football. Can she win it herself now? Tilly Xander, that's brilliant. Won it at the top of the 50. Kicked it out into the pocket in front here. Couldn't get it. It was McCulloch smacking a handball forward. Coventry, that was fantastic too. Van Dyke trying to measure the kick for Shepard. It's over her head. Chance now for Matzer, who was worried out of it by Shepard. Neil went in there too for Collingwood. That's a good contest. We get a ball up. Centre wing broadcast side. Still, it's the Cats 3-5-23 leading Collingwood, who... Have not scored. No score added to our half-time score. Shear got a handball eventually, but straight to Xander, who gets one going towards the 50. Kane left it behind. Van Dyke might have coughed it up. Handball come from Jackson. Another Collingwood player saw off the ball. Van der Vlies, that hit a good spot. Landed in the arms of Cowan, who's got a 50 out from goal. Collingwood in search of the first goal of the second half in the direction of Dojok in the right forward pocket through the hands of Bragg. Dojok then goes to apply the tackle on McKee, who dropped it. Bragg's picked it up. No whistle. Interesting call there from the umpire. Wobbling one back towards the broadcast side where Matza cuts it off for Collingwood. Matza with the football looking around for her options. Wants to go towards the hot spot at about 25 metres out from goal. Ooh. Kick wasn't all that flash but it did pop out to Marla Neal who tried to get away from her opponents but got brought to ground as she tried to put the ball in the right boot and it dribbled over the boundary line and out of bounds. We get some thoughts from Toby Hansen. Yeah, the way the the way the pies have set up all day is, is almost like in a in a straight vertical line in their in their forward line coming out from the goal line up to the 50 whereas their cats behind the ball are set up almost like in a soccer formation so a bit of a 2-2-1 a sort of thing where they have it covered on either side of the wing. Oh, look at this. This from oh. Xander on the side of the boot. She's got the pies first. Tilly Xander gets them on the scoreboard. One straight six, Collingwood. Geelong, 3-5-23, Toby Hanson. Well, we, we were talking about before the start of this half, where is, where is the goal going to come from for the pies? We, we weren't sure where they were going to score. They didn't look really like scoring. And Something out of nothing. Absolutely, there, really. yeah. It was, it was birthed out of nothing. It was formed out of nothing. And the, the ball was just dribbled over the line. It's just snuck inside the goalpost as well with the Pies. I get one on the board. Matilda Zander, well done. What a player, Matilda Zander. She had that effort a moment ago at the top of the 50 where she earned about oh, nearly 100 metres for her team. Seven disposals, which was a season low when these two met earlier this year, but did kick a couple of goals. And she's finally got the breakthrough here for Collingwood early on in quarter number three. It trims the margin to 17 points. Can they go on with it now, the Maggies? Back in the middle, Schooler. Oh, won it down brilliantly. Out of the middle goes Shear. Collingwood looking for an immediate response. Out the back, reaching for it. Couldn't hold on, Hardigan. Paige Scott. Well, she just went to ground and went over the football, and she's going to be penalised there. And that was that all come about because she lost her footing, and there's been quite a few players that have actually lost their footing out there today. Collingwood a free kick. Coming out towards Matzer, who couldn't mark it, but picked it up and gave it to Hallett. And Hallett just hurries one down towards the wing. Collingwood just trying to lift here in the third quarter. A chance for DiMatteo, who kicks to the open spaces of the half-forward line. Here comes Nike. Needs to get it on the bounce. She's got it. They won't get her. She runs away from Beckley. Skewed up the side of the boot. King now at the top of the goal square against Van Dyke. She's trying to pick it up there, King. Geelong getting back with numbers. Van Dyke may be taken without it. Cowan trying to feed a handball through to uh, Nike Dojok. They all come in. We might get a ball up at the teeth of goal. Collingwood back into attack. They're just starting to lift the Maggies. 
You can feel it. And uh, believe it or not, with that last goal, that just helps Collingwood's finals chances that ever little bit more. Here's the clearing kick, though, from the Cats. Almost towards the true centre-back position. Ooh. Bowie almost took out her own player on the way through. Would have given her a headache nonetheless. Taylor just put it on the boot. Looking for King. Just oh. got nudged away from it at the crucial moment. Now off the back line and going for a run is Mia Van Dyke. Van Dyke still going. Van Dyke now puts it out into space. Looking for Hardingham on the wing in front of the Amy Park uh, Stadium. Now kicks it up towards the centre wing position. Almost bouncing towards the half-forward flank. Now half-back flank because well it's done. Nicole Hales who is cool calm defence who manages to switch it in board for Matza. Matza now on the left boot wants to find uh, Xander. Oh, oh strong grab. How good is Matilda Xander? Tilly Xander having a <laughs> heck of a last few minutes. Just slows things down. Had Jackson on, ignored that lead. Now wanted to go in the similar direction but too much juice on it. Went over the head there of DiMatteo. Ball hit the deck. Wanting to try and jump in there was Lizzie Dowling. Ball squeezed out though for the Pies. Trying to put it in the direction of Cowan. Hurry kick away from the Cats. Went in the Huntingham direction. Went to ground. Tried to fire out the hand pass. Only for it to be intercepted. Pies back inside 50. It is a three-on-two race here, four-on-two numbers with the Cats. If they know how to work it out and pick up the ball cleanly, they do so, and they get it across to Ramsey, who gets picked off by Matza. Umpire says you've got to play on. Matza now kicks it inside 50. Great kick. Great mark taken by DiMatteo, the former Essendon VFLW player. She's just going to calm down, take a little bit of a breather. Umpire says, play on, hurry it up. Now she goes for the pass towards the hotspot, 25 metres out from goal through the hands there oh. of King. Ball oh. got out the back, though. Here's a goal for Marla Neal. And, and the Magpies have come alive oh. at the start of this third quarter, sniffing, sniffing a chance to lock down this sixth spot. Oh, the wheels are turning, Pete. The wheels are turning. The winds have shifted at Olympic Park. The Pies, they look like a completely different team, don't they? They have come out of this this second uh, period of play, this uh, second half, rather, and they just look absolutely unbelievable. They're, the only thing that I could fault them on is potentially their composure going forward, um, but they have been an excellent team in this, uh, in this uh, third quarter. Marla Neal with just her second VFLW goal for Collingwood. It's her first since she kicked one against the Bombers round eight last year. Collingwood draw a little closer. Margin back to 11. That's as close as they've been for a while. Cats 3-5-23. Collingwood two straight 12. Collingwood with two in a row. They've put King back into the ruck in the middle against Schooler. Marla Neal, the goal kicker in there, applying a good tackle. We'll get another ball up right inside the centre circles. Played eight and a half minutes in quarter number three. Final Saturday of the home and away season. Collingwood starting to make their move. Hallett won a hard ball. Handballed it into the space where Hill's there for Geelong under the pump from Emmond. Hill won it in the end. Beckley trying to feed a handball through. Schooler. She's not the pl probably the player to get involved in the link-up play. This lady is. It was Shear who coughed it up. DiMatteo. High ball back into the middle of the ground. Important ball up for grabs here at half forward for Collingwood. It's won by Cowan who gave it to Dojok who had a little fumble. Can she run onto it? Nike she did. She did it well. Looking for Jackson. Couldn't get the handball to her. And then just a little bit overzealous in the tackle. And she's given away a free kick for too high. But she's in the game, Nike. We didn't see her much in that first half. It's good news for Collingwood when she's in the game. So let's see what happens now for the Cats. If they can respond to this burst of momentum from the Pies. Well, as they go. go yeah. 
to Van Dyke. Run, run, run. Plenty of run here on the center wing position. Van Dyke runs at her opponent, interestingly enough. Wanted to go to Skinner, who slipped over at the crucial moment, allowing a very easy mark to be taken by Charlotte Taylor. Charlotte Taylor on the right boot. Wants to go to the 50-meter oh, paint. Brave. Too much on the kick where she was trying to find Jackson. And waiting out the back and taking the mark is Lizzie Dowling. Dowling on the left boot to center wing broadcast side. Karras got a little nudge at the crucial moment. Umpire missed it, said play on. Now running away with it is Simpson. Goes towards the one-on-one -on -one inside 50. Ball trapped at the feet, but it kind of bounced off and ricocheted. Came out to Pratt. Pratt wanted to get it to Sasha. Gigi Akomi. Now she's got space to run onto it. Trouble. Gigi Akomi. Her kick. Well, she probably had a bit more time than she thought she did. It went away to the right-hand side. Didn't even score. Held up in the pocket. Bowie going to run across the face of goal. That's what she does. Kicks it for Ricardo. Oh! Outmarked by Pratt. That's Pratt by name, not a judgment on her character. And she'll be lighting up for goal. 40 metres out, 45-degree angle, Toby Hansen. Excellent, excellent for uh, the, the pressure that, that Geelong applied there. They didn't get the goal first up, but the pressure they applied there to win the ball back here and have a set shot. Pratt very hesitant in the run-up. The kick is going to fall short at the top of the square. Karras put her hands up, taken away by Taylor for the Pies. She'll clear to the half-back flank. It might be coming back, though, because Hill runs onto it here for the Pies. Can she get around Emmond? No, she didn't. It was a fantastic tackle. tackle from Molly Emmond. And Collingwood are going get to get out of danger here by way of a free kick at left half-back. Collingwood trailing by 11 points. Short one from Emmond to Hannah Bowie. Made that mistake a moment ago by bringing the ball across the face and it was intercepted by Pratt. This time she's not taking any risks. She goes down the line, but it's the same result. This time it's cut off by the skipper in Brianna Beckley, who has it for Geelong, just forward of the wing. Cats just trying to answer the challenge thrown at them by Collingwood. Great mark inside 50 taken by Remos, opposed to Bowie. Still, you would think, though, too far out to score. She moves it on quickly. It's a nice kick. Take the mark for Geelong. It's Simpson, who will be looking at goal here about 30 out. No, she's going to pass it off, and Skinner on the lead's got it. Poor checking there from the Magpies, and the ball is in good hands if you're a Geelong supporter. Mia Skinner coming fresh off 4-1, outside of the boot. Oh, she might have rushed that one a little bit, Toby. She's missed to the near side. Yeah, I think so. I think... Uh that might just be game awareness, but yeah, probably could have taken the full 30 seconds there, gone back and just taken a set shot easily. But how how good did Geelong look there? They were just they were just getting the ball so silky um, in, and it was, it was basically like a training drill just then. Uh, the Pies were under all sorts of pressure here after their their rush start to the this quarter. Mahanilah oh, Tilly Zander on her knees took the mark <laughs> and then fell on her backside just for comedic effect. Now it is with Xander who goes up the line looking for Tomatio. Went over her head. Sasha Gigi Okomi going up against King. King kind of pulled out the last second of the contest. Ball up against the boundary line. Hand pass now. Is this the last Sue? I'd, I'd, I'd want to watch that carefully because it was Bragg who handballed it, I think, almost against the ground, according to my restricted view. And I thought, oh, hang on, is that a last disposal handball out of bounds? According to the umpire, no, must have been touched by another player. So it's thrown back into play. It's Karras versus King. Karras wins it down. Now coming through is Kane. Oh. Hand pass to Bowie. Bowie under pressure. Got the hand pass in the direction of McCulloch. Now going in there is Emmon. Emmon all over her opponent. In goes Bowie to lay a tackle as well. Pressure being laid on by the Pies. And the umpire says going nowhere. Let's call for a ball up. Last player with it was uh, Isabella Hill. Seven minutes to play in the third quarter. Cats by two goals. This is more the 
contest we expected to get when we come to Olympic Park today. Geelong with a little kick from Hill to half forward. Great collect there by Simpson. And then a sweeping handball to Shepard. Shepard has a looking board looking for Skinner one-on-one. -on -one. Hales did terrific. Won the football. That's sensational from Nick Hales. But the kick might be coming back at will. And Paige Shepard marks just outside 50. Coming up for disposal number 16. Paige Shepard again. She's gone looking for Skinner. In from the side. The high fly from Shear. Crashed the pack. Taylor didn't get much on the kick. Bowie couldn't pick it up. Collingwood in the back line. Hales there again to save the day. Better looking kick from out of the back 50, but it dropped in between two teammates, and they're taken by Dowling. And Geelong come back inside 50, but Collingwood with the numbers there. Bowie with the spoil, then got bumped to ground. Handball now has come for Shear, who measures the kick to the pocket. Skinner lurking. It'll just go beyond her and skid away out of play in the right forward pocket for Geelong, who are 3-6-24, leading Collingwood two straight 12, 14 and a half minutes gone in the third quarter here at Olympic Park. If the siren was to blow right now, North Melbourne would need to win by 13 goals tomorrow to dislodge Collingwood from sixth spot. That is the finals update at this moment. As the ball is brought back in, Bowie tried to get a hand pass away, got pickpocketed by Skinner, who's coming through, lost control of it. Emmon got a hurry kick away here for the Pies. Out towards the halfback flank on the broadcast side of the ground. Numbers here with the Cats. Just hesitant there. She took it was McKeegan. Gave away the hand pass to Karras. Karras then got it across to Coventry. Coventry worked wide to Shepard. Paige Shepard with the football. She is about 55, 56 metres out from goal. Colomet is from within the boundary line. Broadcast side. Wants to go towards the hotspot. Plenty of Pies players there. Got brought to ground. Nearly almost ran into her own player. Coming through there though is Deneen for Geelong. Just kicked it more in hope looking for Sasajiji Yakomi. But Bowie cuts it off. So still a Pies ball. 20 metres out from defensive goal. Neil is offering a short lead. And an next to go to Emin instead, who will take the mark. Probably a little bit nervy still, Anna Bowie, from that last kick. Oh, this oh. one's dangerous too. Asked a bit of Xander, but as she has been all day, she's up to the task and kicks towards the open spaces on the outer side. Dojok there for Collingwood, had to beat a couple. She couldn't do it. A great second effort. Dived in there, Dojok did it well. Collingwood to win the day. Jackson turns and goes inside 50. Reaching for it, Matza, no mark. Geelong with the numbers at ground level, but DiMatteo won it for the Maggie. Kicks towards the open goal square. It's a little bit offline. In fact, it drifts out into the pocket and it goes out of play and we'll get a ball in. 20 around from Collingwood's goal. Toby Hanson. Great result. Great result for the Pies there. They needed uh, a stop is inside 50. Hopefully they can spin around now. Maybe Matilda Zander can work her magic again. Um, but yeah, no, the Pies, they, they transferred that from the half back line to their half forward. With. Closing in on three-quarter time. How they'd love one here, the Pies. Xander might do it herself. Around the body, Tilly Xander. It's offline. Has that caught some grass before going out? It has. Xander just picks herself up. And we get another ball in. They've gone from the left forward pocket to the right forward pocket, Collingwood. This one a ball in just next to the behind post. Let's watch as it comes in. Matza versus Karras in this contest. One out by Karras. Hit the ground. Ramsey over around the football. Maybe got a little nudge in the back. Umpire mm. said it was fair. Hallett quickly threw it on the boot. Looking in the Dojok direction. She got a nudge at the same time. Bowie got to try and get through traffic. Oops. Slipped over as she wanted to try and get her kick away. And once again, in goes Dojok. And the umpire's pulled out a free kick for a throw oh. against the Cats. Thought it was there. And uh, I think it's paid against Beckley. And it's Nike Dojok that's going to have a shot on goal on about a 45-degree angle, but kicking from about 22 metres out. You'd think the, the confidence booster that you would need 
uh, today. She's been pretty good in this second half, quite as we said in that in that first half. I think she was a bit out of position, but she's gone back to true full forward. Nike Dojok to come in to see if she can reduce it to one goal. The difference, oh. no, she's away, and it's a minor score. Two one thirteen Collingwood, Geelong three six twenty four on WARFradio.com. Delay free at the ground on eighty nine point one FM and on VFLW.TV. Oh, great opportunity there for the Magpies to just get a little closer as we head towards the final break. Just the one minor score to the margins. Back to 11. Cats to bring it out through Bragg, who run a full measure. Kick's going to drop on the head here of Karras, who had Hales jumping all over it. Hack kick back for the Pies from McCulloch to half forward. Look out, Shear! Taken down by Hallett. Tackle of the day. The Magpies to take over at half forward. I reckon they wanted to take that one on quickly. Good sportsmanship or sportswomanship there by Hallett and Shear. A great battle. They each give uh, one another a pat on the back and say, good contest. Hallett, Collingwood are going back inside, forward 50. They need a mark. They won't get it. It's a brave one taken by Bragg. Still Geelong just holding on back there on the last line of defence. Bragg not going to come out towards the near side. She's going across the face of goal. It had to be a good kick, and it was. It found Beckley. Beckley looks towards the Amy Park side of the ground. We'll skip one in there, and Hill can go. Burnt off one. About to be caught by Bowie. Brilliant. Oh, how about this for a contest? It's gone up several gears. Some outstanding tackling. Bowie takes over and goes short to Jackson, and here come the Pies. Jackson now swings around on the right boot, goes inside 50. One by the cherry, couldn't quite be pulled in. Brought to ground as Karras tried to spun her around. In goes Xander, quickly put her on the boot. Now it's a one-on-one contest near the top of the goal square. Can she break three? Oh, oh it's a bouncing football. Dojok is there on the line. What happened? What happened? Oh. The goal on Pyron Field on Pyron converging here to chat. Are we going upstairs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now there's a chat oh, between Field there? umpire and goal umpire. It's a goal. Goal. It is. Wow. I think. I think, yes. I think it might have been Dojok on the line that might have got yeah. a toe poker in there. I think so. But finally, a smile's been cracked in the uh, in the Collingwood uh, coach's box next to us. But uh, yeah, if there's someone, if there's one player you want to have the football at centre half forward, it's Elizabeth Jackson, and that's exactly who the Pies picked out. It found its way to Matilda Zander. She worked her magic, and it just sprinkled through three quarter time. Rings true. Well, that's enormous. <laughs> that right is. on the buzzer, crikey! Well, it's now crikey back to Nike. Five points the difference. Three one nineteen Collingwood. Geelong three six twenty four. Yes, uh, uh, champion data have given it to Dojok. Yep, and that's what I thought. That because when the mad scramble was on, the ball kind of held up a bit on the line, and I thought it was Dojok that got the toe poker in there. But that is bad, bad, bad news for North Melbourne at the moment. According to this finals equation, with Geelong three six twenty four, Collingwood three one nineteen. At this stage, North if the siren blew and the game was over right now. North Melbourne would need to win by somewhere in the vicinity of 83 points against the Southern Saints. Not an impossible task, but pretty close to it. Geelong at the moment are now hanging by a thread. They will play finals, but hanging by a thread of hosting a home final. Remember, if Geelong lose this game and the Saints win tomorrow, the Saints jump them and pinch the home final. Yeah, well, it's... um you know, it, it, Collingwood are playing much better, no doubt, in that third quarter. But Geelong aren't playing much worse than they were in that first half, were they? They're, they're still playing relatively well. It's just Collingwood have gone up 
not even just one gear. They've gone up two gears in this second half and late in that second quarter. So a lot on the line for both teams. The Pies, of course, as you said, Pete, they need to win today and they will lock themselves in for the finals. But if Geelong win today, they lock themselves in for a home final. So a lot to play out over not just today, but of course tomorrow uh, for Wolf Radio's call down at uh, Sandringham. Matilda Zander, who has been enormous for Collingwood. 17 disposals to three-quarter time and a big goal that helped start turn the tide for Collingwood in that quarter. Nick Hales with 15. Hannah Bowie and Marla Neal with 14 apiece while for the Cats. Paige Shepherd uh, up to 17 now. Isabella Hill with 15. Renee Karras still with 14. And Emily Ramsey with 12 as Collingwood draw to within five points at the final break, Peter. What a finish we are in for. North Melbourne supporters pulling their hair out. Saint supporters biting their fingernails. Collingwood supporters, well, they're here and they're hanging on the edge of their seat. Geelong supporters shrugging their shoulders going, what happened? We were dominating. What's going on? It's going to be one hell of a final quarter and it's coming up on the other side of this break. The commentary of the game you're currently listening to is from the volunteers at Women's Australian Rules Football Radio. Founded in 2014, WARF Radio is not just here to provide a professional call the women's game deserves, but also provide important experience for those wanting a career in sports media. If you're a past or present women's footballer or coach or a media student and you'd like to give football commentary a try, visit warfradio.com and click on volunteer. That's warfradio.com and click on volunteer. What do you listen to while you wait for the next VFLW game on Wharf Radio? Do you long for the days when radio stations played music that you knew without a barrage of ads and announcers that always want to be the main attraction? Welcome to Turn Back Time Radio, formerly GoRadio.live. We're here 24 hours a day, every day of the year, playing the very best music from the past 70 years. Songs you know, songs you want to sing along with. You can listen at www.turnbacktime.radio or better still, by downloading the free Turn Back Time Radio app for your Apple or Android device. Turn Back Time Radio. Great music, great times. It's radio as it should be. If you're after the most comprehensive coverage on women's football across Australia, then look no further than Rookie Me Central. Formerly Draft Central, Rookie Me Central has news and reviews, podcasts, videos, and much, much more on all the state leagues across the country, including the VFL Women's and NAB League Girls. Find out why everyone turns to Rookie Me Central for their women's football content. Follow Rookie Me Central on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Rookie Me Central. Life can be really tough when you or a close family member has cancer. But if you're 12 to 25, Canteen's in your corner. Canteen provides whatever practical and emotional support you need, from connecting you with other young people who get what you're going through, to helping you develop new skills to cope, and just bringing back some fun into your world. So if cancer's messing with your life, check out canteen.org.au. And remember, Canteen's in your corner. Big final quarter coming up here on WARFradio.com. 
VFLW.TV and 89.1 FM at the ground. Peter Holden, Brent Sternberg and Toby Hansen with you at Olympic Park Oval. We'll be on air again tomorrow on wolfradio.com at 9am and at quarter to 10 on VFLW.TV tomorrow when we bring you Southern Saints and North Melbourne, the final game of the home and away season. And also a reminder for those that are watching online, if your side is playing in the finals, there is no footy next week. A pre-finals buy has been put in place and therefore on the long weekend on the 10th and 11th of June the finals will commence it is a top six format first versus second in a qualifying final and eliminations of third versus six fourth versus fifth we'll explain that at the end of the call and a reminder as well uh, it may be afl.com.au it may be the home of the finals we're yet to have that confirmed by the league so this could be the last live weekend of vflw.tv we'll confirm it at wafradio.com uh, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook once we have that confirmed. But to get underway for the final quarter, here's Brent Sternberg. Cats by 13 at quarter time, 23 at half time and 5 as we head towards a big last quarter. Howlett ran onto it for Collingwood. Got a handball to nobody in particular. Hill trying to paddle it to herself and then gave it to Van Dyke. Collingwood now at half back, or Geelong I should say. Shepard turning and kicking. And kicking brilliantly and Shear wants to play on and rode the uh, the bump there of Xander kicking towards half forward Hales just let it go through her hands but butted up well gave it to Taylor and it might be coming back for a free kick for holding on not downfield said the umpire and so Nick Hales will take it at left half back for Collingwood been terrific today Nick Hales this will be disposal number 16 Hales a premiership footballer with Collingwood in 2019 Collingwood have lost the as the umpire off the ball has 50. spotted something and said there's a 50 metre penalty. I think it might be for encroachment into the zone by Mia Skinner. So there was a bit of argy-bargy between uh, yep. Mia Skinner and um, Char Taylor. So there's been a 50 metre paid because she was thrown on uh, pretty much onto the ground. The reigning minor premiers throwing, which was held by Collingwood because of no grand final due to COVID, that has officially been lost. Essendon have been dubbed as the minor premiers for this oh, year. Oh, Nike! As Nike Dojok says... How about I take this mark? Let's see if I can go back and kick a second goal of the day and put the pies possibly in front for the first time today. Nike Dojok will be having a shot on goal from when she puts boot to ball about 25 metres out. Slight angle, kicking towards the Olympic Boulevard end. Left of screen. Dojok. In she comes. On the right. How does it look? It looks pretty good! Wow. Can you believe it? The pies are in front! This is incredible. It's left me absolutely speechless. The Pies, this is one of the great comebacks this second half. If they had this on from the first uh, bounce of the ball, they, they could be up in this game by a ridiculous margin. They've been unbelievable. And this is what I was talking about at halftime, I think it was. I was saying, put Nike at full forward. Put her at full forward. Stop playing her at centre half forward. And the rewards have been repped for the Collingwood Football Club, and they've pulled one back and hit the lead. Two goals, one then for Nike Dojok. Two in a row. And, of course, that is now four in a row for the Magpies who get their noses in front early on in the final quarter. Geelong really have to try and flex their muscle now. Can it start from the middle? Karras won it down, but Xander's onto it. Collingwood free-flowing now, although Xander's just been caught holding the ball. That's really well done there by Ramsey, who's been one of Geelong's better players right from the opening bounce. She will take over by way of a free kick for holding the ball. A left footer sends a wobbly one towards Remos, who did well to hold on to it. Cats just forward of the centre wing on the outer side. Remos, who's gone a little bit quiet in the second half of the Cats. She's going to send them 
Inside 50. Drives one towards 40 out. It's off hands. Scott had it and then lost it. And the umpire says holding the ball. And that is a hot call. Collingwood to take over in defence. It's Nick Hales again. Hales with the football. Looking around for some options. Wants to go towards the Amy Park side of the ground. Finds Xander. Almost got caught for a second time in 60 seconds. Kind of fluffed the kick. Wanted to get the king who gave it away. Xander who managed to make up for a mistake going in the Dojok direction. Outmarked on this occasion. And taking it is McKee. And Ali McKee with the football. They're screaming at her to go for the switch. She says maybe a bit too dangerous. So she's just going to go and play the percentage game and go oh. up the line. Xander crashing to her own player. Umpire said uh, there's a little bit off the ball. And it's going the way of Chloe Shear for Geelong. Shear with her side down by a point. Early stages in this final quarter. Gets on the right boot. Swings towards the half-forward flank broadcast side. Trying to jump for it was Van Dyke. Pressure from Bowie. Umpire says that's a shove. And that's going to go the way of Paige Shepard. Shepard with the football. Elects to get on the right boot. Will go towards the half-forward flank. A player waiting for it. Almost didn't expect it to come her way. It was Sasha Gigi Akomi. She takes it in the pocket. She is now standing on the paint, 50 metres out from goal. Gets on the right boot, comes inboard. King trying to put a hand in there, but Karras got on the rebound. Karras flying shot at goal, came off hands in the goal square Oof. and will trickle through for a minor score. It's all tied up. Geelong 3-7-25, Collingwood 4-1-25. And for that extra pickle, if Collingwood draw, that is good enough for them. Well, what a final Saturday of the home and away season. We had a couple of games earlier today go right to the wire. Hawthorne with a close win over Williamstown. Essendon with a close win over Casey to sew up the minor premiership. We're going the distance here at Olympic Park as well as Ricardo marks for Collingwood in the left back pocket. Just going very short here to Marlon Neal, who kicked a fantastic goal in the third term. She's going to Xander, who really got them going in quarter number three. Xander. Xander's going to come up for disposal number 20. She will be the leading disposal getter on the ground when she puts this one to boot. And she does now. Sending it towards the broadcast wing. Out the back was Bowie after it came off the hands of King. Taken away, though, by Scott. Dragged down by King. Down the line. In went Xander to knock it to ground. She's a little bit lame in there, I think, Tilly Xander. She goes to battle with Karras all the way to the deck. And we get a ball up just full to the wing. And if it's one great conspiracy, if it's a draw, it turns tomorrow's game into an absolute dead rubber because the Saints won't be able to dislodge Geelong from a home final. Matilda Xander limps from the ground, replaced by Neil. The Cats from the stoppage. It's sheer beautiful-looking kick. And Skinner marks 50 out from goal. She's kicked three behinds today. Mia Skinner after 4-1 last week. Centering ball in from the side. Pratt no mark. It's at the top of the goal square for the Cats. Go again, Brianna Pratt. Oh. Threw it on the boot and the Cats have a goal. And they lead by six points again. And that snaps a run of four straight Collingwood majors. Boy. Talk about against the run of play, Toby. Yeah, absolutely. The, the cut sort of just didn't have much going for them there. They, the, the Bulls just every now and then, the little things were going right for them. A couple kicks that went over packs and just spilled out the back, and that's exactly what that goal was. So Geelong, they hit the lead here in this really tight contest, and we've still got just shy 15 minutes to play uh, in this final term here at Olympic Park. Nicole Hale sitting down behind play, but seems okay. It looks like she's just trying to put her boot back on after the physio had a bit of a chat with her. 4-7-31 Geelong, 4-1-25 Collingwood. Here in the final term at AIA Centre, Olympic Park Oval. Umpire does the 5-6-5 count and then throws the football high in the air and away we go again. One out by Karras. Ball hit the ground. Umpire says too high. Free kick going the way of the Cats. 
And they'll move it on quickly. I think it's through Paige Scott who moves it towards the half-forward flank position. Getting on the end of it, Mia Skinner. Kicked it around the corner towards the uh, right-hand point post. And the ball will go over and out. Scholar seeing it over. Going with her at the same time, Olivia Stora. And we'll call for that throw-in. Interesting to see psychologically now how the Pies go. Remember, they've gotten back into this game with one rotation down. Aaron Woodford, who we haven't seen since about the early stages of the second quarter. Down by a goal again here, Collingwood. Schooler and Matter both missed it. On the bounce, it was taken by Charlotte Taylor of Collingwood. Kicking in the dojock direction off her hands at the back, waiting for it was Van Dyke. Bombs one back inside 50. Schooler there off her hands, roving at Marla Neal. Got to get rid of it now, Marla. Looking for Charlotte Taylor. They're inside 50, the Cats. Ball in dispute. Hallett couldn't get out of there. Charlotte Taylor goes in to apply a tackle on Sachi D. Jacomi. We get a ball up, 40 out from the Cats goal. 4-7-31 is Geelong. Collingwood 4-1-25. Cats into attack in the final quarter here at Olympic Park. Matza in the ruck. Had a couple of goes. Good handball. Vanderfly has got a rotten bounce. And now in comes Shepard for Geelong. Kick around the corner looking for Skinner. Goes by her. Goes by Ricardo as well. Out into the pocket. It'll stay in momentarily. Oh, gee. Scott and her teammate just looked at each other. And then neither of them took it. And then a strong mark taken by Vanderfly. Or is it a block? It's a block going the Cats' way. It's a free kick going to Sophie Deneen, who will have it 55 out from goal. Deneen with the football, stands right on the X. X does mark the spot. Uh, she looks around, wants to see what's on. She goes, let's just go for distance. And that's what she does. Pack crashes, hits the ground. Ooh. There goes Hales. A couple of players feeling worse for wear. One of them, keep an eye on it, is Paige Scott. Yeah. As the mark's taken here by Sophie Deneen. So she ended up getting the football back after all that mess. Scott has gotten up and walked away from it, thank goodness. She was down there for a few seconds. Deneen wants to consider a shot on goal on the 45-degree angle. We'll be kicking from 42 and a half metres out. Deneen stays close to the right-hand side and will just sneak over for a minus score. 4-8-32 Geelong, Collingwood 4-1-25. Here's your match analyst, Toby Hanson. A handy point for the Cats in this contest that puts them just, uh, just north of a straight kick. So they've definitely gotten top since that last goal. This, this passage of play has definitely been uh, theirs to win and now the Pies. They need to really just brew something out of absolutely nothing because they've just got to get forward and, and kick some more goals. Hales from the kick-in finds Charlotte Taylor who's running at right half-back. Had a couple of bounces. Pratt closing but couldn't get her. Kicking towards Dojok who brought it to ground. It was picked up there by McKeegan who then gave it off to Ramos. High ball back towards the 50. Big contest coming here. Bounced almost off the face of uh, Simpson for Geelong there. Then in goes Hallett. Still Simpson on the bottom of the pack. She won't be getting out of the Demi Hallett tackle. Geelong have moved it back inside forward 50. We'll get a ball up about 45 out from goal. Geelong leading by seven points. Collingwood obviously now have to score Three times to get a win out of this one. The blind turn from Hill can hit up. Skinner, she's got it. Umpire said it went the required distance. And the biggest kick of Geelong's season comes right here and now. It'll rest on the right boot of Mia Skinner, who's had a torrid day in front of the sticks. Three behinds. She'll line up here about 30 out, just away to the left. Right of screen on your dial if you're listening on WARF Radio. Skinner, who has kicked three behinds today, sends it on its way. Looks pretty good. That might be the one to break the back of the Maggies. It's been an epic comeback for Geelong with 
Two goals in the first half of the final term. Distanced themselves again. And Mia Skinner, after trying and trying and trying, finally has the breakthrough goal, Toby. Yeah, it was. And it was a great kick as well. It was a great little contest there for the Cats. They, um, they're storming home away with this one. And I think because that gets them to 13 points ahead, uh, you would almost think that that is close to game. They need to get three scoring shots realistically to get uh, back even or back into the lead. So, um, yeah, it could be day done for the Pies, although it will rest relatively easy being only 13 points. You wouldn't think North Melbourne are beating the Southern Saints by plus 75. I will go as far as say that third quarter saved their finals yeah, hopes. absolutely. Without that third quarter right now, you'd say that North is still a long shot, but it would have been in a lot better position. Now the kick from Xander. Went inside 50. Dojok trying to keep the ball in front of herself. Did it well for DiMatteo. DiMatteo tried to kick it around the corner oh. and, in fact, hit the right hand behind post at a bounce on the full. As we speak at this stage, we roughly estimate that North Melbourne would have to win by 75 points tomorrow. Unfortunately, they're not playing the Bulldogs, with respect to them. Uh, they are playing against the Southern Saints, which will be a hell of a lot harder task. As the ball is now kicked along, only for it to be intercepted by Xander, who will send it back inside the 30-metre area. Came off hands, hand pass over the top. This time it was courtesy of McKee. Get some oh. running play going here. Bit of hot potato stuff to McKeegan. Now managed to get it back to Bragg, and Bragg is going to get run down. Oh, brilliant. She is Max gone. There is some concern here for Georgia Ricardo, who's barely moved just off the ball for Collingwood. Yeah, keep an eye on that as they decide to switch it. They were looking in the Lizzie Jackson direction. Xander going after the football. Bauer now, Bauer now picks it up. She got brought to ground, got the hurried hand pass away. Now getting caught with the football. There is Paige Shepard. Umpire says, no, didn't have it. And it will be a free kick going the way of the Cats. Brent, what can you see? Uh, I reckon this might be know. just a horrible cramp, I think. Maybe they're sort of holding her leg in that way, bending the, the old foot back. I can't tell if it's cramp or like a, a knee or something, but it seems to be the way they were holding their le her leg up that it's a cramp. Xander takes the mark, managing to beat out Deneen in the contest. Centre wing, Amy Park, side of the ground. Wanted to go for Marlon Neal. Too much juice on the kick. And all of a sudden, it's a Geelong football, and they're going to come down the central corridor. Ramos oh, excellent. by Marlon Neal. She is an absolute bulldog. Not quite the one who lost his job last Saturday night, but a bulldog nonetheless. <laughs> Kicked it towards the half-forward uh, flank position. Bulldozer, not bulldog. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm senile. As it now goes across for Brad. For Geelong. Skinner. Folks, I don't recommend having three hours sleep then coming to call a game of football. I'm perfect proof. As Taylor now gets it across to Hales. Hales now gets kick. it across, managing to find DiMatteo. DiMatteo just trying to slow things down. I think she was almost trying to catch the umpire's attention yeah, about what's yeah, happening yeah. inside 50. And now they decide to switch it and finding Hallett. Hallett in the centre of the ground. Elects to go for a run. Kicks it inside 50. It's all Cats players. Whoops, through the hands there of Karras. At the back, Cowan. No, Geelong football. Now calling for it is Paige Shepard. She'll take a mark. And she has it on the halfback flank on the corner of the centre square. Shepard with her side leading by 13 points. Nearly 14 minutes gone in the final term. Geelong, after getting a mighty fright, looked like they might have done enough as Shepard receives it back here from McKeegan as Georgia Ricardo is making her way from the ground. She can barely walk. She's got the cramp of all cramps, I reckon. And, and even Karras is cramping yeah, up. Yeah, even Karras got a cramp, yeah. War of attrition out there today. Final Saturday of the season. Both of these teams needing the four points. Collingwood to make a certainty of their finals uh, tilt and Geelong to play at home in two weeks' time. Shepard onto the loose ball, turning and looking for Scott, who's had good hands all day. And there we go again. 
Half a dozen marks for Paige Scott, who wants to play on with Hales left, strewn on the turf. Scott back towards half forward, hits up Dee Jacomi. She marks about 60 out from goal. She's turned the whole forward line around. Kick him towards the teeth of goal. Skinner gets back there through her hands. Collingwood with numbers. It's come to Jackson. Jackson a kick towards King centre wing who wore some contact. Umpire waved his arms. Play on McKeegan. Got it to Dowling. Dowling a long left foot kick towards full forward. Massive spoil in there by Ricardo who's gone back. And now can Skinner. Oh, she did the splits trying to keep that one in gone out of play we're going to get a ball in 40 around from Geelong's goal 5-8 38 they are the Cats Collingwood 4-1-25 Geelong by 13 points nearly 15 and a half minutes gone in the final term here on WARFradio.com and VFLW.TV Ruckwork went out by Scholar on that occasion ball just bobbling around Kings waiting on the outside the umpire says that's high free kick going the way of the pies ends up with Demi Hallett so Hallett will have the footy in the dying stages of this final term. Deep inside, defence of 50. Bowie is on in the centre of the ground, and that's what she goes for. Bowie takes it. Xander's got space, and she can get there quickly. The kick, though, wasn't that flash. Xander had to stop and go back and get it. Now kicking out to the space for Dojok to try and run onto. Got an opponent, and Bree Beckley, she's got a beat. Dojok with some speed. Dojok, oh, fluff the kick at the crucial moment. King. Now King. Ooh. King trying to keep it in front of herself. Dojok coming from the side, and the ball will squeeze through for a minor score. Collingwood, 4-1-26. Geelong, 5-8-38. You think if Dojok probably kicked that two or three steps a bit early, this this lead comes back to just one goal because that, uh, you know, she probably just spent too much time on the footy and that's what put herself under a bit of pressure. She might have almost stubbed her toe, I reckon, there, Dojok. She's yeah, come maybe, away yeah. limping. Deneen in the back pocket for the Cats, looking for Scholar who holds on to it. And the big lady who we've been impressed by the last few weeks from Ballarat, oh. not impressed by that kick. Oh, and that's maybe why you don't get the big players involved trying to come out of the back 50. The Collingwood a chance maybe to pull one back here. It's Elizabeth Jackson. Had plenty of the footy today for the Magpies. Looking for the spot-up kick inside 50s. Kicked it into a nest of Geelong players. Although here comes Bowie taking the ground by Remos. And the umpire will say, I'll ball it up about 35 out from Collingwood's goal. It's two straight kicks in at the Cats' lead. Roughly three minutes remaining in this contest. Ball up in the air. One out again by Scholar. Ball hit the ground. They try to get a hurry kick out of there by Emmon. She wants to go back in for a second crack at it, but it's Cat's ball. On the right boot. Bragg now going high, high, high towards through centre half back position. Running it off the pack. Rest is Bratt. Pratt now kicks it in towards the Mia Skinner direction, who had to stop and go back to get it. Well now Skinner works it sideways. Wants Chloe Shear to run onto it. Shear does so. Shear between centre wing and the half forward flank. Puts it out into space in the forward pocket. Ball bounces up. Up quite nicely in the end for Paige Scott who shrug off the tackler. Paige Scott has some icing on the cake. No way to the right hand side. A minor score. 5-9-39 Geelong. Collingwood 4-2-26. I tell you what, she's such a great player. Great balance Paige Scott. Great hands above her head. I dare say we're going to see her drafted in a few weeks time in the AFLW draft and she'll be a welcome addition to whoever picks her up. Been very good here today. Collingwood from the kick-in, trailing by 13 points. They've put it straight into the arms, though, of Kalani Schooler, who has it 50 out from goal for Geelong. Grace Matz are dancing up and down on the mark, but can't affect this kick. Schooler, long bomb, reaching for it with the one hand. Scott couldn't reel it in. DJ Akomi lurking at the top of the goal square. Collingwood with the numbers. It's picked up by Emmond, who went straight into the DJ Akomi tackle. We'll get a ball up, 20 out from goal. 
Cats in the sunshine up that end, looking to put the final nail in this one. Four points are theirs, but one more for the road. Why not? As they look to have a breather next week and look forward to a home final against the Southern Saints, we believe potentially at GMHBA. The kick from Emmons gone straight to Ramsey. Ramsey can line her up and kick a goal. And the Cats are going to win here today at Olympic Park after getting a mighty scare from the Maggies. But it'll be a near-on three-goal victory for the Cats, Toby Hanson. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair margin. I think this is aim points. The, the Cats, they've just been the better team all day. They had that, that comeback from the Pies, that threatening comeback, but uh, it, was, it really wasn't enough. And the Cats, they, they've, just, they've just been kicking well. That's, they've been kicking and they've been marking well. They're doing the basics a lot better. The pies have put themselves under a lot of pressure. Um, and I think that motivation of, of now hosting a, a final, uh, potentially at um, Cadinia Park, will be a big up and they've got a minute to see out this game. Did I say GMHBA? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie? Oh, good, yeah, yeah. good. Well, that one upset the sponsors. Umpire blows the whistle, thinks he might have spotted a yes. centre square infringement, so mm. it's going the way. Uh, yeah, it is Geelong anyway. as the siren sounds full-time here at AIA Centre Olympic Park Oval. Geelong 6-9-45, defeat Collingwood 4-2-26. And for those on what, VFLW.tv, we may be ending with you soon. You can stay with us on WARFradio.com for the post-game show. WARFradio.com for the post-game show. We'll go through all the stats and everything for you, including we'll just get straight to the punch on the final situation. Geelong have now secured a home final. Geelong will host the Southern Saints in two weeks' time. Collingwood at the moment hold on to sixth spot and at the moment, we unofficially believe that North Melbourne will need to win by Lemon Chicken. 69 points against the Southern Saints tomorrow to dislodge Collingwood from sixth spot. So they're going to have to kick 11 goals? 11 to 12 yep. goals They've against a side higher than them on the ladder. And they haven't kicked more than, I think, eight goals in any game this season, the Kangas. So, so as we said, not impossible, no, no, but no. pretty close to it. It's going to be <laughs> North Melbourne need absolutely everything to go right on that day, including maybe a power outage in the Sandringham area so <laughs> the Saints players sleep in and don't show up on time. Yeah. Maybe that. But as it looks at the moment, likely final situation is that Collingwood will make sixth and have to play at Casey Fields against the Casey Demons in the other elimination final. And we know definitely locked in Essendon host Hawthorne in the qualifying final. That's how it breaks down, boys. Two of the finals definitely set. The third one likely, but North Melbourne do officially have a say tomorrow morning. I think uh, Collingwood, they'll be disappointed that they couldn't get the job done here today, but <laughs> if things don't go their way tomorrow, I can just imagine them watching on VFLW TV <laughs> with their jaws on the floor. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> We'd be in shock. When did the defibrillator oh, yes, out there? Yes, yes, exactly. What, what are your thoughts from this one, Toby? A good fight back from the Pies, but... I think you mentioned they probably just left themselves a little bit too much to do in the end. Yeah, I think the the signs were there, but the the problem is we're in uh, we're in the final round of the home and away season. It's a bit late to be showing quote unquote signs. I think it's uh, the Pies needed to hit hit that, and they did hit that second gear, but they needed to get into third, and they needed just to sort of almost cruise home and and bring bring their uh, their finals hopes locked away. But they they will sleep well, knowing that. North Melbourne need seventy odd points to to uh, knock them over in the um, 
in the finals as we walk up. I think Matilda Zander's got her arm yeah, in there. Is she yeah. just baiting us? Or, I hope that's not an injury, boy. Yeah. I hope not. Uh, I got a message just then out of the North Melbourne camp, which, again, they're saying, not impossible. Go Roos. Yeah. I like it. I like it. We're not saying uh, it's impossible. It no. But we're saying it's a, it's a very difficult job to do. And Geelong taunting Collingwood perhaps they're singing the theme song out in the middle of the ground I think they're doing that because they've been in the portable uh, rooms yeah. on the other well, side yeah. and there might not be enough, enough room, room yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so in the end in that final quarter we spoke about how good uh, the Pies were in quarter number three it ended up being in that final term in favour of the Cats three goals three to Collingwood one goal one and in the end they uh, were able to turn a, a five point lead at the final break into a 19 point win and uh, a good hit out for the Cats I think Indeed. Uh, the one thing I look at it, though, is when they do have a good run on, they certainly are finals-worthy side that you think, oh, geez, they really could cause some trouble against Essendon and Hawthorne and Casey. The one thing that sticks to me is they don't make the most of their opportunities. 6 really how they were playing at some stages in that first and second quarter you would say this is a side that really should have kicked somewhere between 10 to 12 goals for the day, and they didn't. And I think that's probably the biggest concern out of Geelong. They play some good flashy football, they move it forward, but they just don't quite bury a side. I think one of the big differences today, and I don't mean to single out a player, but you remember Mia Skinner last week. She, She didn't look like missing. Yeah. And then today she kicked that big goal in the final quarter but ended up, I think, with, with one goal three. So yeah. that, they will be hoping that that was, um, that was not the, the norm today. That was the exception. And they normally, you know, kick better in front of the big sticks. But I think the disappointing thing will be, from Andrew Drew, Bruce's point of view, will be just how stark the game changed yeah. in that third quarter. I mean, you would think, you know, if they go into playing teams in the in the finals and they're playing, you know, teams where, that probably oh. won't let them get a three-goal head start, that's going to be if, trouble. If, if, if you reckon he's pulling his hair out, feel for Steph Bender at North Melbourne. She's probably looking at that scorecard going, if that, if that third quarter didn't happen, if that third quarter did not happen, without even Geelong adding to the scoreboard and Geelong would run out 45 points winners, North would then have a situation of, right, we need to kick possibly seven goals to, to, to make the finals, in which they would be going difficult, but a bit more reasonable. So Collingwood's percentage, what do we say it was, 93.4 coming in. It's gone down to 90.2. So, so it's not as bad as it was for the Kangaroos. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, 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 the Kangaroos, unfortunately, you know, as we said, they've, they've got a lot to make up. Geelong, as we said, not happy with that, um, that uh, third quarter. Collingwood, I'm trying to figure out what do we make for them going into their final against Casey because they have beaten Casey at Casey. So if there's anything, they've, they've got that little bit of thought in their head. But today... They really came and played one quarter of football. And probably should have beaten KC here earlier yeah. on in the season. You talk about yeah. teams being inaccurate. They were inaccurate that day. So I reckon they'll back themselves in for that contest. But I think one thing that they'll probably take from this, Toby, they'll be disappointed with the start. And they'll probably, to be frank, be disappointed with the finish. But they know that when they got the game on their terms and played their best football today, they looked the much better team. Yeah, well, they... Uh it was in that, that sort of first quarter and a half where they you know, they wouldn't have been happy with their start, but the Steins were still there because, as you like to have mentioned, they were they were doing the what did you say they were they were doing the coal work or they were at the coal face yeah they, they had the coal face it was you know they were they were having an absolute go but 
Um, and then when they looked good, they looked unbelievably good. And they would probably be thinking, if there's a team that we won in the finals, we know how to beat Casey. We know how to beat them at Casey Fields. Um, that's probably not a bad result for them. Pete? Anyway, we've got to wrap up quickly because the power's going to get pulled on us very shortly. <laughs> so, so Brent, let's jump into all the stats and all the things that we've got to wrap up on before we get off here. Yeah, so let's just quickly go with some of the top uh, ball getters. So for Collingwood in the end, Nick Hales ended up with 25 disposals. She was fantastic today. Matilda Zander with 24 and a goal. Marla Neal with 16 disposals and a goal. Hannah Bowie and uh, young Charlotte Taylor, who looks a player. They both finished with uh, 15 for Collingwood. Paige Shepherd, who was probably Geelong's best player from start to finish, 24 disposals. Izzy Hill with 17. Renee Karras with 16 and a goal. Had one of her better performances for the season. Emily Ramsey with 15 disposals. And, of course, that goal that uh, was really probably icing on the cake at the end. The overall disposals, 234 to 218 in favour of Geelong. The inside 50s, Geelong actually ended up plus 20 in that number, 45 to 25. Uh, they dominated in the hitouts for the most part, Geelong 38 to 25, but that was really Kalani's schooler doing that domination, not necessarily Renee Karras. Clearances, Collingwood ended up winning the day 27 to 26. It was a great battle at the Cole face, Toby Hanson marks in the end, Geelong 51 to 42 uh, and the tackles it was a pretty close run thing there as well, Geelong 59 to Collingwood 55 so a pretty good contest that we probably didn't think that we were going to have in the second half at half time but in a strange way it was more the sort of contest that we expected from the beginning Remember, on VFLW.TV right now, they've got, with our commentary, Port Melbourne versus Darabin, if you want to watch that vision. And tomorrow, we're on air at 9am on WolfRadio.com and VFLW.TV at 9.45am to bring you Southern Saints and North Melbourne. Toby Hansen, as we sign off and say thank you for your contribution today, as you leave as well, who do you think will win that one tomorrow? Um, I want to say North Melbourne, but not by enough, just because I'm... I'm I like to think of myself as a bit of a... I've got a bit of hope in myself. So I think North Melbourne will get it done. Maybe not by quite enough. Brent Sternberg, thank you very much for your company. We look forward to your company again tomorrow. Up up on the scaffolding at Trevor Barker Beach Oval. Yes, and I'll give you my tip. What time's the first bounce again? 9.45am. I'll give you my tip at about 9.43 tomorrow. And Not tonight. I'll, and, I'll <laughs> give, and I'll give you my tip right now. Be good to your mum. It's Geelong, 6.945, defeating Collingwood... 4226. We look forward to your company tomorrow on wolfradio.com.